You're listening to the Geek Out Loud podcast. You may know it as your safe place to geek out, or you may know it as the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. But however you know it, this is it, the Geek Out Loud podcast. I'll say that several other times um, in just a second. Um, Cue the music. This episode of Geek Out Loud, it's a veritable smorgasbord of snippets and emails and movie talk with me, with Derek, and all for you, the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. This is your safe place to geek out loud. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Geek Out Loud, uh, the first Geek Out Loud of 2012. And the last. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, with the world ending in December and everything, there's no sense in per- in, in continuing on with this fruitless mission. Uh, I'm Steve Glosson. Fruitless? Well, you know. I, Apple. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Steve Glosson. No, do it right. And I'm Sean Phillips. Okay. So I don't know who that is. I don't either. I just pulled that out. That's of a great. That's a great Isn't name, Greg. That, that was good. <laughs> Regina Falange. Falange. Regina Falange. There's Ken something Adams. wrong with the Falange on the plane. <laughs> this plane doesn't have a phalange. The plane doesn't have phalanges. I the plane you, doesn't even have phalanges. This plane doesn't even have one. I gotta tell you this, just because it's our joke. But I was waiting to come in here and record with you. And you know, Nick, uh, Nick at night now shows friends. Yes. Which just makes me feel old. Right. But um. Uh, it was the uh, Joey. You can't tell anybody episode. I couldn't if I wanted to. <laughs> Even if I wanted to, they don't know that we know that they know. The messers have become the messies. <laughs> Uh, we we uh we took a bit of a break over Christmas and much needed, I think, for everybody. Um, just to break through Christmas, just away time. from each other, cause... just some time. Everybody needs a little time away. Um. No, don't t- don't start singing Chicago because by God they'll sue you. They will come down <laughs> they, on us. They, we'll have to mute that whole little two second part on there. Christmas Day, nonetheless. <laughs> Cease and desist from YouTube mm. and Chicago. Merry Christmas. That's a throwback. That is a throwback to the good old days of Starkville House. Good old days of L. Yeah, I think of you and me as the good old days. Yeah, well, I think they were all good old days. As, yeah, every bit of them. As, there were some bad old days. But. As evidenced by, let's just jump into some snippets. Um, Snippet. 
bullet points, if you will. I don't even have anything to look at. And me neither. It's all no, right off the top of my head. Making them up as we go along. Uh, shoe one seventy five has dropped. Last we're month. hoping to get it out by the end of January. <laughs> I'm really hoping. I mean, I know it was May of two thousand ten, but I'm really uh, eleven. Eleven, me, yes. But I'm really. Hoping to get that out in the next couple of weeks. If you haven't seen it, March at the latest. I'm, you, I'm shooting for July. <laughs> we were shooting for July of 2011, but the best laid plans of, of men, you know, often fail. Better late than that. Um, and as the great Tully Blanchard used to be fond of fond of saying, not fond, not fonds of saying, hey, I remember fonds today. <laughs> Um, no, shoe one seventy five is out there. If you haven't seen it, go do so. It's it's pretty good. Well, it's so long that if you started watching it the day it came out, you might still be watching it now. Phenomenal. It is phenomenal. I, I just, I, Jason Spencer uh, sprung off of what Graham had, the work that Graham had, had done, and, um, and just did fantastic work of, of piecing this documentary of shoe, basically, together. And um, yeah, I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. You were overwhelmed. I was, I, I was, especially when freaking he stuck, he sticks that video in at the end with that. Uh, what's that chick's name that sings I don't that think, one song? I don't think that turned out like as well as we hoped. I think people thought we were serious. I okay, that we was, weren't. That was kidding. Oh, was it? Did you not think the so? tears were real, sir? <laughs> um, I mean, I cried like a freaking baby watching that thing. Like when when we were just doing the darn, uh, when we were just kind of walking through it, you know, making notes and stuff before it was released. Yeah, we watched it like three or four times. Yeah, before and, the modern of the modern of technology, we streamed it. The modern of technology. The modern of technology. Yes, the modern marvel <laughs> of technology, if you will. We we um. Left out a whole word. What was it there? (laughs) Nothing. Because you said it wrong, you idiot. (laughs) The marvel of modern technology, if you will. We we streamed it from Jason's house. Yeah, to 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 to, you know fine tune it. Yeah, yeah. And And Jason, you know, because I mean, it was hard to. I mean, it's a two and a half hour nearly movie. I mean, we had to you know edit it and from you know several states away but it was pretty cool how we how it all came together it really it really did work out i mean i felt like a, a producer of some sort you know you sitting are. there and, and and watching uh i mean you had assistance notes yeah <laughs> sure did i don't know why you gave me mosley um i didn't want him but <laughs> either that or troy and i wanted troy <laughs> but we uh yeah it it turned out really well. That one video, though, like seriously, while we were watching it, I was like a baby. And so when when I actually downloaded it uh, to get you know the best quality, um, I just skipped over that part when that part came up. I, I just thought we were gonna watch that. Part. I did. I did. And you know, and I mean, I, were was that not serious? Was that not a serious? Was that no, meant to be meant funny? A joke. Oh my gosh! Well, it made me weep like a child. It was. It was meant as a joke. It was meant stupid. And then we went back into the real funny with the credits. Right. The, the, yes, that was real. I, the, uh, the Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes, yes, which um, turned out really well. I did notice on my last pass-through that that uh, maybe I shouldn't say this on air, and, and if it needs to be cut, it will be. Uh, Robin's last name spelled wrong. And yeah, it, saw that, yeah. <laughs> and a few people got left out of the credits, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It was all, it was all okay. Um, um, we got, I, Robin did get mad, and then Brian Mosley's name was misspelled. 
somewhere as well. Oh uh, well, who cares? Yeah, nobody. Can um, we did get uh, we d- I did get a tweet from Brian Kent who had apparently sent something in, and I don't know if he got it in late or what happened. I, I never saw anything from him, but he yeah. So he was he's like, hey, I sent something and it wasn't in there. So um, you know, so he wants us to do something nice for him. We're going to do something nice for him. Okay, something really nice. Something Let's get him like a like a book. Um, I was just thinking we would mention it here on the show, and say you're supposed to you. say or a chainsaw, but never mind, it's uh, fine. Uh, did you um, bring me a monkey? Um, Peter, um, so yeah, so so Brian, sorry about that, buddy. Um, it's fine, yeah. It, I, I helped him on Fable 2 on Xbox, hopefully. I don't know, that, but that to me, like, you could have left out all the other crap of us talking. It was those videos at the end that I think, I, I think that meant more to those of us. Who well, worked it may not on have the meant show. much to anybody else, but right. to you and me, that meant that meant everything. a lot. Yeah, there, that was so cool how it, that all came. It out. really, it really, truly was, and and I mean, just one, as we went back and watched again, I was just so appreciative of everyone who took the time to um to you know to film something and send it in and that sort of thing, and and even the people who uh, who pimped their own podcast in their segment, Michael Cohen, um, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> uh-huh. That's but okay. he had he, us. He had us over a barrel because he was freaking filming from in front of the set, basically. I, for, for, it's like nothing, nothing against Michael whatsoever because I think it's great what he does with front lines. But I kind of just wanted to be like, all right, just bleep it out, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am Michael going for <laughs> here in Metropolis. I was like, curse you, Cohen. You have us over a barrel. He's a great guy. I got to hang out with him last August down at. Uh, Star Wars Celebration guy. Five, and um, but I just thought it was funny. I'm like, he, he would get it in there, you know. And he's always giving me crap about I've been on his show, but he's not been on this show. So because I'm on this show, Sean Phillips. <clears throat> yes, Sean Phillips. Uh, so glad to have you, Sean. Um, sure, and tweet that geek out lies new co-host. Okay. <laughs> well, and and there are a few things we need to clear up. I think from well, some things we can finally acknowledge and talk about because we wanted to sit on some of these things the the contractual obligations and yes. legal ramifications yeah. and, and otherifications have been uh well hard. we wanted to, we we wanted to sit on some things until the until it actually came out you know a year ago yeah such as um I believe it's been almost 8 months since that happened it's crazy man it's it's the process that by which movies are made fair enough so um, one of the things is people have been asking about Edna, and now you, the mystery's been solved. She went so, to the prices right. Yeah, yeah. Never heard from, hadn't heard from her since. Since you know, yeah. not that we've heard much, not that we ever heard much out of her, but you know, um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then and Derek, I got some tweets about asking us if we were really going to do a Doctor Who podcast. I don't think they got that joke. I'm either. like, I'm like, oh man, we. I'm struck by how funny we think we are, but we end up not being. Yeah, it kind of falls flat. You know, it goes back to the whole Civil War days. I, I just think it... <laughs> mm. I just think, you know, I'm surprised no one's been like, why didn't Cooking with Starrett get picked up? Um, well, why didn't Cooking with Starrett get picked up? Uh, I think we're not... I don't know. Say it. I think because you don't know what ketchup is. Well, your hand was covering the... And I had a camera, and I... <laughs> That's still one of my favorite things from you and me ever. You're like, what's that? What do you, oh, what do you got there? Uh, oh, this is this, just this ketchup. ketchup. <laughs> Hate you. So much. Oh man, and and I'm going back and I'm watching this thing. I'm like, wow, 
Another thing that I hope people understand is that I intentionally dressed like an idiot the whole time, pretty much, that I was on camera, just to be silly and stupid. Um, I'm not a I'm not a total slob in real life. No, but you like your tie dye. Your sister made you that. Yeah, my sister made me that tie dye, and so I thought that'd be kind of a fun shout out for her to to have on there. She made so, us a cake. Oh my gosh, that cake was amazing. And all we do in one seventy four for twenty minutes is go <laughs> put, put it back, put it back together. <laughs> we got to get a picture. How do you? I'm still eating it. <laughs> push this piece back. I'm eating it. Put it back together. How so. Stop it. If you haven't seen that and you're wondering where it is, it's there. You can head over to, uh, I guess, smallvillepodcast.com is still up, right? Uh, for now. For now. Uh, it is going to be taken down eventually just because we can't afford <laughs> to keep it up and running. Yeah, I imagine by the end of January we will be hard-pressed to find the episodes. Yeah. So, um, so so get them while they're available, and then uh, and then it'll be, it'll be no more unless you want to kick it back up for superman the man of steel I, i've actually saw somebody saying the other day that there's a new smallville podcast coming out why would there be i don't know why somebody tweeted me and said did you know that somebody has started up a new smallville podcast it's one of those things where they're taking like and just walking okay. through the whole show in it i guess challenge accepted i don't what challenge accepted i think that we show them how it's done you want to redo all of Smallville? Derek, we can go back. I don't we know. We did this already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait. I think that joke will apply too. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I that it feels kind of, I wonder if it's someone we know. I don't know. It feels kind of like a slap in the face. Basically, it's, it's a moo point now. It's like a cow's opinion. It's moo. It's moo. So, uh, friends references we can get in this episode. Could oh. there be any more friends references in this episode? <laughs> I'm going to do the opposite of making friends references. Um, okay. Which is what? Uh, I'm I'm making all Not the friends references. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm doing all of them. Could I be wearing any more clothes? Um, I hope I don't do lunges. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so go grab that. That's some good stuff. Uh, here's another snippet for us. Snippet. Um, God, I love that word. How was your Christmas? Prior to having to go to Birmingham and what? Oh, like asking me seriously. I'm like, um, I thought you were asking everybody else. It's like they can't answer, Steve. No, I'm asking you. Oh, it was you know decent. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Uh, mom had surgery, yeah. so it kind of uh, put a dampener on things. But right. she's doing well. well she's good. good. How was good. yours? It was good. It was uh, it was different. It was the first. I finally talked to my family because Christmas fell on a Sunday this year, as most people yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, anyone with a calendar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyone who was alive. That day. And I and I finally talked my family into let's not let's not do this whole spend the night thing because we had church and everything. I was like, let's just get together after church. And it I was forgot just y'all do that. Yeah. And it was just a great not having to. I got to sleep in my own bed on Christmas Eve. I. You know, I wasn't awakened earlier than I wanted to be awakened on Christmas Day. Not that we get up super early, you know, but you know, eight thirty nine ish people are starting to rouse and and I know that but for you most still had to on Sunday morning. I mean, you had to go to church. I did, but it was nice to just kind of get up and you know, church started. We started church like uh, a little bit later, an hour later than normal. And um We had a tornado warning. Oh, that sounds like fun. Just in the yeah, waking up to all that 
torrential downpour of rain and Christmas morning tornado warning. Well, and that kind of rhymes. Last last year we woke up to, which has been unheard of. I think the last time it happened, I was one. Um, we had four to five inches of snow on the ground. Oh, no, that's I special. Had a white Christmas. That's a special Christmas day. It was. It was neat. But then this year we had a tornado. Yeah. Well, this year it was it was freaking hot on Christmas around here. It's freaking hot everywhere. So, um, but we, you know, it was just a good day. I guess we ended up having a good time and um, was with the family till till kind of late in the evening and uh, and just what you get? What you get? I got seven movies. Seven, seven of them. Seven Blu-rays. What you get? What you get? I got The Lion King on Blu-ray, which I was really excited about. It's one of the best Disney movies ever. Um, what I, else you get? What I got else? Captain America and Thor on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, which 3D? I was, uh, no, because I don't have a 3D TV. Um, <clears throat> I got uh, Super 8 on DVD, which that'll come or on Blu-ray, which will come back to bite us in a minute. I got uh, X-Men that First... That has a negative connotation. No, no. I'm, well, I mean, you know, I'm just saying. X-Men First Class and um, Transformers, uh, Dark of the Moon. So. Mm. So, you know, pretty cool, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And the times. Muppet uh uh Monopoly. Muppetopoly. I did get that. Yeah, that was kind of one of those little surprise things. My parents like to do little little things like that for us from time to time. They're just like, Oh, they'll like this, this would be neat. You know. Um and so, you know, that was it was good. It was a fun times, fun times. A good time was had by all. So Yay. we, uh, yeah, and then and then Derek got you were kind enough to send me um, Muppets Tonight, the entire series of Muppets Tonight, which I've yet to sit down and watch any of. So not sure that's legal, but it's fine. Because well, <laughs> it's not actually right, right. But it was, you know, it's cool though. It's, but it's, I paid somebody for it, so right. it better be legal. Yeah, jerks. Super cool. Tina. Yeah. So thank you for that. Hurt. So thank you for there was something else, another snippet that kinda came to mind while we were talking about the, the shoe thing. Shoe. Oh, Doctor Who, real quick, Christmas special. Doctor Who Christmas special. Your thoughts quickly. I, you hadn't seen the whole you. thing yet. I I got up to like the seven minute mark. Okay, yeah. I I got to sit down and watch it the other day. Finally. I did skip to the end because I wanted to see the cameo. What cameo? The ponds. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because I wanted to see if it actually played into. Oh, what was the finale called? The reading of River Ridge. Song. Yeah. Well, you know what they. Since you know that, I'll go ahead and spoil a little bit for you. At one point, he's talking to the mother of the mm-hmm. of the kids, and he mentioned she's like, "Don't you have anyone that you'd spend Christmas with?" He's like, "Yeah, but they think I'm dead." There you go. So, um, yeah, and I got to be honest with you. Uh, tears i cried i was i was sucked in i've just at the been in there yeah or, I, yeah yeah the end uh, and and right before it i was just i got sucked into this whole story i really enjoyed the doctor who christmas special it felt like um it felt like something out of the tenant years you know it, it it was it was just nice to be released from all of the the tension of a woman oh my gosh what's going on how is he going to get out of the, you know it was just a fun just to stand alone it really was and it was really good i thought and so I was very pleased, very happy with it. So, I saw where the the ponds will not make it through the next season. They're going to die. Well, they're they're not going right. to show anymore. Right. There will be a new 
companion. A new companion. I did see that that that, that well, I thought they were going to make it to the end of this season and that was I, that. I didn't sound like it, but I'm not yeah. sure. That would be weird to finish halfway through though. Yeah. You know, we're not in the we're not in the uh in the business really of promoting other podcasts, but but we've got a new one coming out called Do we do? Bill's <laughs> House of No. Oh yeah. I but for Doctor All Who the fans, jokes fall flat. I'm sorry. For Doctor <laughs> For Doctor Who fans, I did catch uh David Tennant on the Nerdist um mm. a couple of weeks ago and mm. It was a good interview, man. David Tennant was a great interview, and uh-huh. and he cleared up a lot of things that I know some of my close friends have had questions about concerning his departure from Doctor Who and and Russell Davies' departure from Doctor Who. So, um, so check it out; it's pretty good. And he come to find out, he's a big Marvel fan. So there, that is. I hope he's going to be on. No, I don't think they'll ever get Eccleston. But no, I, I don't, don't think he's going to be on for the fiftieth anniversary i think it'd be cool i think you know that they may just have kind of a might be a hologram of some sort again no you know in the old days they had specials yeah yeah would put two or three of them together Mm -hmm. for an entire episode and they'd have like an adventure together yeah i saw i've watched one called the three doctors which Which i think was like Four, five, and six, or well, no, the first doctor was on that mess. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, but he oh. never, he was actually, he never actually made it to the timeline. He was kind of stuck communicating with them, you know, uh, on a view screen because he was just too old to get up. And and I'm get sure several of them have passed by now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was in his sixties. Oh yeah, he's. 60s, oh yeah, the first he's, one. Yeah, he's that guy's dead. But all the other ones. You know, like five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, those guys. And w- which one is it that um, is it five that is actually David Tennant's father-in-law? No idea. That's new information to me. Um, I didn't realize David Tennant was married. All right, so there's one where. See, this is my recollection. All right, there's one of those little BBC specials mm-hmm. that one of those little ten-minute things they did for their charity benefits where. I think it lines up with the Titanic episode, mm-hmm. the beginning of it, where oh, he cra- crashed yeah, into the- that. W- that's not his father-in-law. That was just his favorite doctor growing up. But it actually is David Tennant's father-in-law. No, it's not his father-in-law. Challenge. Challenge accepted. Give Vamp. It was the celery-wearing doctor. I never yeah, know which doctor yeah, it is. It's Peter. Peter David? No. Yeah, Peter David right. is the writer of The Incredible Hulk for 13 years. Peter Davison. Peter Davison. Children in Need. Um, Peter Davison's... Hold on. Uh-huh. Uh, keeping Doctor Who in the Family, how former Time Lord Peter Davison's granddaughter... Yes. Hmm. Yes. Oh, this is good. Okay, hold on. This is really... It's almost like royal family type bloodline, huh? Oh, it's like watching Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold Quote on. of the show. I'm so confused. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here okay, we go. Here, here we go. go. Here we go. What do we got? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm gonna drop some knowledge on Blow you. my mind, sir. All right. Uh David Tennant made his directorial debut directing the Doctor Who confidential episode that accompanies Stephen Moffat's episode Blink, entitled Do You Remember the First Time? Blah blah blah. 
In 2007, Tennant's 10th Doctor appeared with Peter Davison's 5th Doctor in the Doctor Who special and Children Need, written by Stephen Moffat and entitled Time, Cri- Time Crash. This was the first multi-Doctor story in the series since the two Doctors in 1985, not counting the 1993 special dimension time. Tennant also performed alongside Davison's daughter, Georgia Moffat, in the 2008 episode The Doctor's Daughter, with her taking the role as... Je- no, I know they're related. So Stephen you- Moffat, that's his father-in-law. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I because that, because what it's did he not just spelled the same as that Moffat? Oh, okay. I don't think M O F F A T. Yeah, I think this is M O F F E T. I'm so confused now. It's crazy. I thought they really did get married, Mm-mm. Georgia Moffat. Why would they do that? Hold on, hold on. Okay, they are married. Oh, this is. I'm not making this up. But he wasn't his father-in-law before when in they did January that. In January 2011, several newspapers in Britain reported that Tennant was engaged to actress Georgia Moffat. They have a daughter born in March of 11. Tennant and Moffat married on December 30th, 2011. So, okay, they've only been married a week. Right, okay. So but, at the time, he wasn't his father-in-law. But he is now. He at is the now. Time of me saying this. Okay, fair I enough. I knew I did not make that up. Well, okay. Was... But you made it up then. No, I did not. I don't know. I had, it was only like a month ago when I actually saw this thing. Listen, I'm talking about what we're seeing as then. We need to be at now. I, when will then be now? Soon. Everybody knows I like coffee when I watch the room. We just passed then. <laughs> <laughs> Calm the desert! <laughs> we okay. ain't found... All that to say that, yes, Peter Davidson is David Tennant's father-in-law. Now he is. He was when I said it a minute ago, too. That's true. This is... <laughs> It's time. It's all wibbly-wobbly. It is wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Um, one final snippet. Snippet. Uh, I I'm will be... Sean Snippet Phillips reporting <laughs> for Geek Out Loud. Uh, soon. Uh, that's, a, that's awesome. You like that? We've just... got to come up with that character. Okay. I'm going to make a Twitter. Okay. Um, I, this is total self-promotion, and I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. I recognize that. I have launched... From you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's not Shocking, bad. I know. No. I have launched steveglosson.com. Now, what Steve, what that place, what that is, is... Um, Loading. Just tons of pictures of me. No, there's really nothing there right <laughs> now. My favorite website. There's a... <laughs> there's a place... Ooh, it's pretty. Yeah, thank you. It's just a place right now with an email address, basically, where people can book me to speak at various events and that sort of how, thing. I'm gonna, how do we get you to speak it? I'm going to get you to speak at Disciple Now here. Uh, booking at yeah. stevegloss.com. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I would love that. Can I, I would, book you like from my house? Sure. Yeah, I'm, right now... I'd I'm, like you to come record a podcast. Book right now, I'm doing, I'm doing just about anything. But what, what's going to well, right be... Right now, you're doing Geek Out Loud. Right now, <laughs> yes. Steve Gloss. Oh, it's not a URL. It's an email address. Right. Okay. What's there gonna go. What's gonna happen is um is, is is soon I'll actually be releasing a podcast through that. Now it's not going to be anything in depth. It's just going to be me. It's going to be have more of a serious bent, so you can kind of know. So people that come to that to find me can kind of get to know who I am. I'll have recordings of Wednesday nights with our youth group on there some. I'll have uh, various times I get to speak at our church or other places where I go speak. I'll try to record and just kind of put up so people can kind of know that this is what they're getting um, when when they bring me in because I really would like, that's something I'm trying to get off the ground and because it's the one thing I know how to do is sit down behind a microphone and run my mouth. Uh, I can do that better than I can blog. So that's what you're going to be getting. So if you... 
uh, have something, even if it's just like emceeing an event or something like that, where you just need someone who can be pretty funny off the cuff. Um, I'll get Derek to go do that. But um, ah, but uh, yeah, but yeah. So that's going to be over at steveglosson.com. I'm still working on a name for the podcast. I, I thought Steve Cast, but that, that just I don't like oh, that at all. I love it. I don't like that at all. I love it's it. It's too it's too self gratifying. No, it's not. It's you. It's <laughs> Steve Cast. So, Steve Cast. Um, Sounds like a hurricane's coming. That's right. Steve Cast, 2012. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sean Phillips here. <laughs> I, I can barely stand right now. The wind's blowing so hard. I'm in southern Georgia. It's it's a swamp down here. Literally, it's crazy. We um, have found the Star Wars room, and we are making our way forward. <laughs> yes, there is a crystal. <laughs> Glad so, you asked. I will be stopping there. So tonight, someone at church stopped me, and they're like, hey, I saw that picture of you on Facebook walking down the road, and they just started to die laughing. Did I'm they like, even get it? Well, no. They just were laughing because it was me just walking down a road. And I'm like, I don't know why that's funny. because I mean, It kind of looks emo if you don't get it. I know. I'm like, to me, it's I don't get it. I, that's why it's there. I like it. I think it's... it. I get it. To You're me, it says... Hulk. Right. But to me, it just says so much about me and my journey. You're Steve Banner. Yes. You've been affected by gamma radiation. I, an accidental overdose. Sean Phillips that has been hunting you for some time. <laughs> Mr. Phillips, don't make me hungry. You wouldn't like you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. Um, you want crystal? So, okay, you want crystal. <laughs> yes. I, um, it cuts to you and me eating crystal mm, sticks together. Mm. I do like you when you're hungry. <laughs> this was the great idea. Best Sunday ever. <laughs> and then, like freeze frame of us, you know, high five, but people are still walking. Yes. Yes. Us. I don't know what where this joke's going, but it went there. Nice. Well, um, that's all. You got any snippets? Snippet. Uh, I actually did have one there. Oh, Sherlock. Oh, yeah, Sherlock. You haven't finished it, have you? I haven't. No, I've Moving watched. On. I've watched about halfway through. Really good though. Uh, but, that is such a great show. If you haven't gotten into Sherlock on the uh, on the BBC, do so because it's worth it. Waiting to watch. Uh, 202 when we get done recording tonight so oh wow is that on uh it came on about 11 hours is ago. that on bbc america no not oh. till march or april okay well by god all right but i i feel better because i've already ordered the blu-ray from amazon uk oh nice well look at you so i, I feel like i i mean i've i've pre-ordered it. it doesn't come out till next tuesday like next week's the last episode and then tuesday is the the, the blu-ray comes out in uk Hey, one other quick snippet, Derek. Snippet. We had. Um, Can we get like a like a Indiana Jones whip cracking sound for every time you say snippet? We should do that. What I need is a board where I can just push the button and make it happen. Okay, so I'll do that. Okay. Um, one other quick snippet, and we'll move on. We had our uh, we had a Christmas party here at my house. Me and and my Sunday school class, which is comprised of eleventh and twelfth graders. I was not invited to that. Well, you. <laughs> Sorry. And we watched together Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And you had never seen I'd it? never seen it, no. Did you cry? No. Uh. No. It was we had such a good time watching it though. These kids have just discovered kind of the Muppets. Um 
partly because of the movie and partly because there was a whole group of them that ended up watching Muppet Christmas Carol in one of their classes when they were doing nothing in school. And they absolutely loved them. And so they keep asking me to show them more Muppets. And I'm like, yes, I will do that. I will be that it person. It would be my honor. I will be that person in your life. So with that, um, let's jump into some emails. Okay. This first one comes from Kevin Hall, and Kevin asks one simple question. Are you guys familiar with the Stone Age Muppets from the first season of SNL? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I have the, I've remembered, I have the first season on DVD, too, and I the, remember those. The answer is yes. The end. Oh, wait. Hold on. I've got something for you here. Snippet. Okay. Well, back to snippets. Look. Snippet. 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 This isn't working like I want to. Snippet good. <laughs> Maybe that's why I attributed that. No. When an idea comes along, you must you snip, must it. snip it. A little conversation comes, you must snip it. Um, this one. This snip one. Snippet good. This this is one of several we got from Tim. Snippet. Uh, this email, and oh, okay. so I'm going. Emails to, are not snippets. Right. So I'm going to. I'm going to uh, edit some of his emails Snippet just to kind of get in as much of this as we can. He says, hey, Steric, more Batman news. And this is old news to us, but it's something we hadn't talked about on the show. Christopher Nolan confirmed in an interview with Empire Magazine that The Dark Knight Rises will take place eight years after The Dark Knight. What are your thoughts? Now, he goes on to say, I think it's a double-edged sword. You don't have to see or acknowledge the Joker because... Batman's had years to fight him, along with villains we haven't seen, like Riddler, Penguin, etc. However, if this is eight years later, where is Robin? In all actuality, there should have been multiple Robins, a Batgirl no, no, or two, no, no. and a Nightwing. I think it's just too big of a jump, and even if Bat and if even if Batman didn't clear his name, he should have been redeemed by all his acts over the past eight years. Maybe they'll say he got his back broken by Bane, and it's taken eight years to recover to fight him. Not Still, terrible. it just doesn't yeah. ring true to me. I just don't buy that after eight years, Batman would have the same suit, same card, and no faithful wards. I just can't reconcile it in my head. Can you try to sway me? Yeah, he doesn't need wards. But let me sway him, Steve. Sway me, away. Give me some sway music. Sw- um, Doctor I, Who theme. I know. I've shh. shh no, uh, Derek. I've got something different. Oh, okay. Wait, we'll edit all that out. Sway away, Derek. Wait a second. Did it start? <laughs> yes. Here we go. Sway away, right, Derek. Let me go ahead and start telling you. Welcome to the main event tonight, because I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Batman doesn't need eight years to reinvent himself to get new materials, new costumes, new suit, new technological advances, and Batman Batcave type things. He doesn't need wards. He doesn't need a Robin. We don't need a Robin in this franchise. What we need is Batman. And for the past eight years, Batman has been shunned by the society that brought him up to begin with. It's something that they needed. They needed somebody like Batman to save the day. But then they felt like they didn't need Batman anymore because they felt like he had turned them back on the citizens of Gotham. But now we're in a world where 
Batman has to come back. He must come back. There hasn't been a Batman for the past eight years. And that's what we've dealt with. There's only been Bruce Wayne. We haven't seen Batman. And now the Batman has to come back. He must come back to fight the evil that is Bane. So there hasn't been this Batman. Now it's time for Batman. I'll come back. Hit me, Steve. Hit. Um. Oh, don't really hit me. Ow. <laughs> Snip it. <laughs> That really didn't turn out as well as I wanted. No, it, it no was, basically, I just, I, I think it's it's basically like we saw at the end of Dark Knight Rises. There's, and from what we've heard about, I mean, from the end of Dark Knight, and now what we know about the Dark Knight Rises, it sounds like even that first teaser where um, Commissioner Gordon is talking to either Bruce or Batman, we're not sure, but there hasn't been a Batman. I don't think much. Yeah, I don't think there's been a much of a as much of a presence of a Batman in this eight year time period. I as think. There have been I think what Dark you're going. I think what you're going to see happen is that Bat- Batman has faded into urban legend obscurity. You know, everyone remembers the big uh, throwdown from eight years earlier. They remember when Joker tore up the city, and they know that he was somehow stopped. And there are people who say, you know, they knew Batman. They remember, you know, you've got the news footage. It, it is the, you know, it is the 21st century or whatever. So they, you know, they've got all this stuff. But it's kind of like, okay, he's gone. Even though there's still some things that happen. You know, I'm sure he's still out there fighting crime, trying to bring justice to the streets. Just uh, much more under the cover of darkness. Well, and when did, see, Batman Begins came out in 04. Am I right? Yes. Sure, and yeah, then, yeah. and then we were led to believe that Dark Knight took place one year later, so oh five. Mm-hmm. So eight years, they're on, it, they're almost catching this up with modern. With, yeah, it brings it up to right around this time to this actual time period. Yeah. So it's not far fetched. No, I, and and as far and to the to the point of Robin or or Batgirl that sort of thing. I just think that we don't need it. Yeah, I don't think it fits into Nolan's thing. Although this whole Joseph Gordon-Levitt idea is too old. Is he? What if he's Nightwing? Too old. Too old to begin the training. Um, I I like the idea. You know, it was it's he's, one of those things that I was kind of iffy about at first too. But when you see the trailer and you see things like a Batwing, you know that's not something he can go down to Applied Sciences and they've just had sitting around. You know that's something that he and Fox have worked on. You know, to get up and running and that sort so of thing. So, what's that got to do with Nightwing? Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I, I'm sorry, I, I jumped off. The yeah. Jordan goes. Uh, Gordon Joseph. Jordan Gordon's <laughs> Cobra Commander. Hey, hey, you know what really bothers me? What's that? There has been no Morgan Freeman in the, either of these ads. Yeah, is I'm surely he's in this movie. He is in it. He's okay. credited. Yeah, I, I feel like he may die. Well, and one thing they haven't done in these in these ads is you hate it. I don't hate it. You hate you it. You need to calm down. And no, don't you put told that, me. Don't you phone, put that out there. I didn't say I hate it. On New Year's it. Eve. No. New Year's no. Eve. You said I hate it. I did not hate the it. The Batman films. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not true. I you just said, said. I strongly dislike the no, Batman Rises. No, 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 no. I said I'm, I really don't I, care <laughs> for the Dark Knight Rises trailer. I could have they could have done a better Dark Knight Rises trailer. I said I said I was I hate Christopher Nolan. I I said I was underwhelmed by the Dark Knight Rises trailer. I wish they had let me make the Dark Knight Rises. I didn't say that at all. Well yes, because that means I I I could make a Dark Knight Rises. I'm bigger than the Beatles. I wow. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, well, yeah, I probably am. Um, <laughs> put together. Yeah, just put them all together, and I guarantee I'll weigh more. Um, no, the <laughs> I, was, I was a bit underwhelmed by the trailer, but one thing that isn't in the trailer that was in like the Dark Knight trailer and even the Batman Begins is a little bit of injection of humor. You know that has been in those movies that that keeps things grounded. There's a storm coming, Mister Wayne. There, well, it's always darkest before the veto? dawn. Well, can we put a veto on the the storm coming if you're not Terminator? Oh, mm, I don't know. Was there a storm coming in Terminator? Yeah, really? Sorry, the, there's a storm coming. Is that a is that a title of an episode? No, because you know I'm terrible. The, the end of the first movie. You know I'm tired. Ty- terrible with titles it was the end of the first movie. what was the first movie called the, the terminator oh, okay <laughs> makes sense that's, i could i could have done a better terminator trailer so that's, that's what, what he told me okay. uh, I, yes yeah i could have done better with the three dots i just i was a little bit <laughs> underwhelmed by it um it made the wonder bread logo nobody right. knew <laughs> nobody <laughs> there was there was the uh, there has been in front of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which I've yet to see the six minute uh, prologue. I guess mm-hmm. to to Dark Knight Rises. Everybody hates hates the the Bane language. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's hard to understand. Apparently, I don't have a problem with it. it. You know what I've heard is that they're they're potting down a few sound effects and some music around where he speaks, so that he's going to be a little bit more. But they're not changing the mix. But here's the thing: they're not I going back kind to of, doing. Some I kind ADR. of respect Nolan for this. Mm-hmm. They, some of magazine was like blasting him for mm-hmm. not, you know, after it came out, because um, the prologue came out before the trailer, right? Did, and they're like. Um, Nobody can hear, understand a thing of what the main villain is saying. I mean, the second, probably the next main character in the film, and nobody can understand what he's saying, which I don't agree with because I, I walked away pretty much getting, I'd mm-hmm. say, 95% of it. Right. But his response was, if I go back, not only, I mean, credibility, what have you, it's his cut. You know, it's his decision on what to do with it. And, you know, people can say, oh, he's lost touch with the fans or anything. But, I, you know, I don't think he had... I don't think Christopher Nolan had to have touch with the fans as far as this goes. I mean, he made a Batman movie like he wanted to make it, and it, and it showed well, in the previous two incarnations. But he, he, he was like, if I give you everything on a silver platter, you're not going to think. Yes. And, and that's, really, that's just what's so cool to me. He was like, if you hear everything, then he said, it's so much cooler to me. I'm paraphrasing because mm-hmm. I could never see Christopher Nolan saying it. it's so much sure. cooler to me. It's so much more awesome. There, um, there's 72 original episodes of Star Trek. Um, he's like, if you hear part of a conversation and then something happens, you're going to go back and think, oh, that's what he said. Right, right. That's Which is cool said. to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, is I, I think they're going, on one hand, I do think it's a legitimate criticism. Um, to say, hey, we're you know, if it's a little bit ridiculous, having a hard time understanding. But quite frankly, I watched a bootleg version of that prologue. Um, you, you got know, most of it, didn't yeah, you? a camp, and I got most of what he was saying. I mean, here's okay. The trailer, he's saying some variation of when Gotham is in ashes, you my have my permission my to die. Now it might be. Hash browns, hash browns. No, it may be. In Gotham's ashes, you have my permission to die, or something, some variation of it. But it's essentially that statement. Yeah, yeah. 
And it, it, the idea is I'm going to keep you alive while I win the day. But, I mean, we watched the, – the point of that is we watched a bootleg and still got all of it. And I was still able to understand – you know, And I understood everything he was saying. 90% of what he said. There were a few moments where I'm like, what did he just say? You know? Um, <laughs> I didn't understand what was going on with the dead dude that they pumped back to life, apparently, or – or, or whatever was happening there. <laughs> Watch it a couple of more times. Yeah. So, um, but, it, you know, obviously you're dealing with a Bane that is closer to what Bane was um, in the comics. Someone who's who's much more calculating uh, than, just, uh, than just a brute force. Because he really was, you know. I mean, Bane in the comics was a calculating character. Um and in, in intelligent. He wasn't an unintelligent fool, even though he wore a, a, a luchador mask and that sort and of thing. And then let's talk about Batman and Robin. Well, you know, Batman and Robin, he was basically a ripoff of the Hulk. Um, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I, I hate, insult yeah. the Hulk. I wouldn't yeah, insult sorry. the Hulk by saying that's that. That's true. He was, it was, yeah, it was, it was not, the Bane in the comics outside of the, the luchador mask that he wore resembled nothing of the, or I'm sorry, the Bane in the Batman and Robin resembled nothing of, of the character of Bane in the comics. Um, he wasn't smart. He wasn't... Lionel Luther created him. Yes, he did. Um, he, But, you know, there was no intelligence behind Starkville. anything he did. Um, he was just a grunting, mindless, you know... Oaf. Oaf, yeah, that's a good word. Um, I'm, I'm, anxious, I'm anxious to see what they do with Bane. I think that... I don't doubt the movie is going to be good. You need to understand that. I think, but the, you hate the trailer. I don't. I was underwhelmed you, by you the trailer. You hate all three films. I, <laughs> you hate Christian Bale. You think you could have done a better job than Christian? Yes, Bale. I do believe. Well, I could have done a better job than that guy that was like, "What gives you the right?" Um, I'm not wearing hockey pads. Uh, there is one guy in every. Um, movie who ticks me off one actor mm -hmm. who i just feel like is way too okay if you're not following the plot anymore here's here's my bad acting to kind of lead you along the way <laughs> and so in the first movie it was the train conductor the old guy at the end yes okay. that's like if it hits wade tower oh yeah 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 in the second movie it was the ferry boat um cop that's holding the thing the whole time yes. with the inmates. And he's like, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? Right. I think right. these are just Nolan's brothers or something that he lets in the movies. Cause, and now I believe there's a third one, the CIA agent at the beginning that is a terrible actor <laughs> on the plane. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's your three and go back and watch those scenes. Cause they're really bad acting, but that the old guy in the first film, I, I think he's got dementia or something. I'll tell you this, the clips at the tail end of that prologue that they show to me, got me a little more excited for it than the, than the trailer did just because I, there's something about the fast paced way they show things. Um, and then that iconic image of the, the, the symbol. Calvin. Yeah. Oh my broken. gosh. Yeah. I, I hate that. It seems like, I don't know. We don't want to get into a big dark Knight rises discussion right now, but too late. I just hate that. It seems like we're not going to get to spend a lot of time in, in a, in a revamped bat cave, you know, before it just gets trashed by, by Bane, apparently. Um, just based on, you think that's where they are? Dude, the waterfall and whatnot. Well, there's some images that have been released of them fighting around like water porn now, but they're in an actual building and okay. there's people everywhere. Well, by George, maybe not. So I, I don't know. Well, 
I think, I mean, I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's, I don't doubt that it's going to be good. I hope Batman doesn't die. Where was their humor in the Dark Knight trailer with the Lamborghini? The Lamborghini line, yes. The three buttons is rather 90s, Mr. Wayne. Um, was that in the trailer? Mm -hmm. I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. You you don't like the trailer. You you don't like any of them. Oh my gosh, that's not true. (laughs) Hang on just one second. So, for some reason, the alarm's going off. Uh oh. You be careful. Derek has walked away to maybe go fight a, a mortal battle. Um, there's an alarm going off. Someone may be trying to break into his house. But it's okay, ladies and gentlemen, because Derek has powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. He will win the day because demons run when a good man goes to war. And Derek Russell is about to go to war. I'll tell you what I'm looking at on my screen right now. It's a picture. It's an image from his webcam. It's shaking. It's moving. There's an arm. He's Something's going on. He's, he's sitting back down. He's happy because he has vanquished his foe. No one breaks into Derek Russell's house and gets away with it. He has won the day! Derek Russell. I left the door open on the fridge. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) My fridge quit working today. That is a sad day, sir. It is a sad day. That is a day. What was more sad is I've got a deep freeze in the the, the garage. Yeah. There wasn't... I didn't know because I was gone. There wasn't enough time to save all the food in the oh, deep freeze. Man. So everything was horrible. Horrible. The horrible. fridge is only two years old. I went and bought a new TV and a new couch this weekend. I come back and the fridge isn't working. That's terrible. That's not fair. No, that's not. That's Well, that's life. That's what all the people say. That's what people say. Uh, there, here's more from Tim from a separate email. He says, this, Tim says that Steve hates the Dark Knight Rises. Yes. Well, you're, Derek, if you thought that you had to step up and defend Christopher Nolan's choices. I'm Sean um, Holmes. Yeah, or Sean Phillips, if you thought you had to stand up and defend Christopher Nolan's choices, just wait till you get this, buddy. We're about to have a soapbox to climb on. Go time. Stephen Derrick, this is I prob- will need that Dr. Who music, so cue it. This is probably the fourth <laughs> email I've sent in a week, but I feel it's the most pertinent. Uh-oh. I just got back from the Muppets, and I was disappointed. Here my- I'm sorry, Tim's no longer allowed to listen to Geek Out Loud. <laughs> he is banned. Here is my criticism. Banish him. Here- oh, he has criticism. Oh, he here- has them. He has snippets. He well, let's let's honor these. Here are my criticisms in snippets. I'm gonna kill him. First snippet. <clears throat> Pepe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that makes up for you hating the entire Dark Knight legacy. <laughs> Christopher Nolan has been so gracious to bring that makes up that makes up for me just ready for Christopher Nolan's to come to an end so we can get an actual real Batman series um first thing he says is Pepe they reassured us he was in the film and he had a blink and you miss it cameo he didn't even appear in the finale dance number that's not a I mean that's that yeah I I love Pepe I do too um but I was not disappointed by the lack of Pepe in the movie I never sat there during the movie and said, where's Pepe? He had a great... Yeah, there wasn't one time where I thought Pepe could have been doing this. Mm-hmm. He could have done this joke. He could have been He could have been doing this instead of this Muppet. I, I think the one time he was used was perfect. Yes. And I think also, 
Pepe wasn't a Jason Siegel Muppet. Right. I mean, the Muppets that we got are the ones that... that From the Muppet show. The whole point of it was the Muppet show. Yep, yep. That was everything that it went back to was getting the gang back together to put on another show to save the theater of the guys who did it for years, for, for you know, however many years. Mm-hmm. And Pepe wasn't one of those Muppets. Yes. And I understand that. As much as I love Pepe, I respect the fact that they didn't try to force him into something that he wasn't originally part of. He was created... Was he created for Muppets Tonight? I think, he, yeah, he was created for Muppets Tonight. And he found, you know, and he found traction, let's be honest. He did. I mean, everything since then, he's been a, a huge part of. Well, you know, I mean, I think his big, to me, Pepe's best outing was in Muppets from Space. Well, and I think he had a pretty big part. Well, I mean, um, I know he had a big part in um, The Wizard of Oz yeah. when he was Toto. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was funny. Yeah, he was pretty funny in that. And then also the the Christmas one from a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, but he wasn't yeah. the the one he was better at in the Christmas one was the one that was done like It's a Wonderful Life. He had a bigger one in that one than he did the letters. I didn't yeah. like the letters. To I didn't Santa. like the letters to Santa as much as I liked the one with all the. Well, that was the one that was kind of like the them Eagle saving the theater the and everything. You know, that was, was the one with Sam the Eagle doing the rave, yes. which is my favorite thing yeah. of all time. Um, his next snippet, Derek, is Rizzo. <laughs> his thank you. His cameo was worse than Pepe's. He only appeared in the musical numbers with the other rats, and if you didn't catch his jacket and ball cap, you wouldn't even know it was him. But I didn't, that didn't ruin the movie for me. Didn't miss Rizzo. I honestly, in watching Truth, in watching Muppets, uh, The Christmas Carol, and Treasure Island, um, and in, even on into... And, and I understood then why he was there in Muppets from Space... But in, Tre- in Christmas Carol and Treasure Island, I didn't understand why they felt like they had to team him and Gonzo up. Because you know? they became such a... I don't know. I, I think they thought they were a good comedy <clears throat> act together. And, I mean, and they were to an extent, but it's just like... I, you know, Rizzo, the, the first time the rats got really big was Muppets Take Manhattan. You know, again, mm-hmm. this is post-Muppet show. And, and, and I think if you go to the, what the vision that Siegel had... Um, you know, he pulled off effectively. And I and again, I didn't miss Rizzo. Uh, third snippet, Gary and Mary, their plot dragged. And whenever they were on screen, I wanted them to get back to the Muppets. I will not even honor that one because I thought that they were fantastic. I thought they were an excellent... And bring on Amy Adams as Lois Lane. Heck yeah. I disagree with that point just because I thought that their plot worked and intertwined so well with the Muppets because you had Gary who had to grow up a little bit and learn, you know, and learn to let Walter go. And you had... You know, but they were still they were still from this weird little town where everyone will do a dance number, you know, if someone starts to break out into song. They're gone. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love I loved both of them. Yeah, I thought, I, I did I too. thought that they were just adorable yep. together. I I never really felt I like it. I never really felt like they, they dragged, you know, and Mary's par- her story paralleled a little bit what Piggy was going through and that sort of thing. So this one kind of makes me mad. Here we go. He's um, building up. Snippet. Animal. They found him with Jack Black. He refused to play drums, and then Floyd gave him drumsticks, and he went on to perform Rainbow Connection. Okay, can I respond right, to this look, first? You don't can need I a respond light to this first? Moment. It's the Muppets, Tim. <laughs> can I respond? Re- what is his name? Tim. His name is Mud. Can I respond to this one real quick? Mm-hmm, Tim just did a great job of describing Animal's character arc throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
I loved what they did with Animal, and I love the fact that you know you I got love how big a part Animal had. Yes, so. you know, and and you see how important he was in in everything that went on. They didn't have a backup drummer. You know, when they go for a drum roll, he hits a little triangle and that sort of thing. And and who gives him the weird look when he does that? <laughs> I forget now, but they asked for a drum roll, and it's the triangle, and somebody does a double take, and Animal doing the triangle. I hate only got to see this movie once. And it was a perfect, you know, climax to what he'd been going through, wanting to play the drums and having this thing to, you know, gosh, I can't believe I'm talking seriously about this. It's Um, so sweet. But, you know, from a story arc, it really was a perfect climax to him showing up at the big final number. Yeah, and and so I think it worked. I, I think it was... You know, you wouldn't want him to be with Jack Black. If if here if this had happened, they found him with Jack Black, he wouldn't play drums, they get him on the bus and he plays drums, and then we just forget about it from there. That'd be your criticism there, Tim, I feel like. You know. What what's more illegal? Not wanting back them up at theater or mildly inconveniencing Jack Black. Kidnapping Jack, Jack Black. Black. <laughs> um, here's another one. Underutilization of characters. Well, I mean, you kind of already have touched on that. Uh, well, the they spent 15 minutes finding Fonzie, Fozzie and Gonzo and had a great introduction for Rolf, and they combined about half an hour of screen time combined. And huh? combined, they had about half an hour of screen time combined. Fozzie had a lot of screen time. I guess, though. yeah. We, we've already touched on the Gonzo. Yeah. Thing. I mean, I'm sorry. When you're trying to get them all back together... you Let's, let's be honest here. I would have... I would rather there be less screen time for Fozzie and Gonzo and them have fit in all the Muppets that they got to mm-hmm. fit in yeah. into this film like yep. they did. Yep. You know. Because you had so many throwbacks to the old show mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have gotten. I mean, you would have been left with like a Muppets from Space type scenario yep. where you were just dealing with six or seven main ones and that yep. was it. But you had Scooter, you had Ralph, you had. I mean, you had so many. You had all the ones from the opening mm-hmm. that, that make the big wall. I mean, you just had so many cool little uh, Easter eggs almost. Well, and Scooter to be there after literally what seems like years of not being around at all. What was the last know? thing Scooter was even in? Uh, he might have had a bit part in Treasure Island. I don't remember him in Muppets from Space He at wasn't. All. He wasn't at all. The only the one thing ever since I've seen Muppet Treasure Island. I mean, I don't think Scooter was even in the big opening number of Brick House in Muppets from Space. Unless what was the, the emphasis you put on that? Brick House. Brick House. Brick house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was in the opening number of Brick House. <laughs> um, he mentions the reformation of Uncle Deadly and says, you know, Bobo was just kind of there. It made me sad. Bobo's just always Bobo is just kind of there. Everything That's he's all in. Bobo is. Here you go, sir. Here's your remote. Um, please goat. load weapon. Um, the Muppets. Name of the what's the name of the um, the the bad place in Muppets from Space? Covenant. Covenant. <laughs> Perfectly <laughs> hidden as a cement factory. Cleverly disguised as cement factory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Covenant. Um, the Muppets, pointless. What did they provide to the plot? Miss Pookie sounded like Aunt Martha. Was this a nod to goal? The, I the mean, Muppets, they, they were a cover band that Fozzie joined. Right. 
Waka Waka. They were in a hotel. What the Waka? Yeah, I, I mean, that's Why the, are you worried about it? Yes. Why? It's the Muppets. Um, they weren't it's pointless, like though. Steve's dead bash in the Dark Knight or something. Why yeah. are you worried about it? Why are you trying to get? Why are you trying to get emails to me about trash? Because you Knight? hate Christopher. I don't Nolan. hate Christopher Nolan. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, you hate the Dark Knight. And then finally, he says the theater. Richmond gave it back, but what are they going to do with it? Are they going to go ahead with the museum? Put on new performances? What? Oh my Atlanta, Tim. They got. Did you watch the movie? Oh my Atlanta, Tim. Did you watch the movie? Did you ever see the Muppet movie, Tim? Because at the end of the Muppet movie, they're just sitting there in the studio singing, and they never really film anything else. It's like, how'd they get this movie made? How are all these Muppets sitting here during the closing credits, you know, talking about what they've just seen? Well, see, I never thought the Muppet movie was about them making the Muppet movie. No, it wasn't. I thought it was about them making the Muppet show. It was about them coming together as Muppets. Well, yeah, but I thought that once they got to the theater, they were actually making the show. Oh, well, no, they made the Muppet movie, though. All the I think s- they made the show. I'm sorry, did you watch all the props they carry behind them as they're setting up things? It's just, they're, just, they're just throwbacks. Challenge accepted. Um, so, I, Tim, I think you looked too much into it, didn't have just fun with it. I don't think... Don't let him go see Dark Knight Rises. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He's going to hate it. He said, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it seemed rushed like something was missing. I noticed that half the stuff in the previews wasn't in the film. It's and, coming. And that it looked like a lot was cut out. What I'm hoping for is a sweet DVD Blu-ray release of an extended edition fulfilling well, the Well, Pepe and Rizzo aren't going to be there to make you feel better. Yeah. I kind of felt let down, and I kind of wanted to cry. I cried because it was so good. Yeah. And I just... Yes. Tim. Tim. Timmy Tim Tim. 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 Timmy Tim 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 I'm floored. Well, let's... uh. Let's let's bring it back around with with one from our good friend Michael J. Petty. Send out the beatings. He says, "Hey, Michael says, hey, Derek, I'm listening to your Muppets episode. And I'm typing this, and let me just say, I love this movie. Now, don't let him kiss up, though. Let's go back to Tim. I literally f- smiled until I fell asleep that night. I'm gonna I, talk to Tim. Shh, some more. shh. I saw Tim, it. T- Tim hurt my feelings. Well, Steve. that's we're trying to. We're just passing on by Tim. We, you know, okay. Tim hurt Sean F- Phillips' feelings. <laughs> Yeah. Phillips' feelings. Well, Sean's just going to have to sit back and report on a hurricane. The heck you say. I saw it twice this Thanksgiving weekend and bought the soundtrack the next day. Life's a Happy Song is one of my favorite songs now, and I very much enjoyed this new version of Rainbow Connection a lot. Every time I hear it now, I shiver. It's so classic to me. Obviously, the original is the best, but I do love this new version just as much. Uh, also, Jim that Parsons. Jim didn't like that either, you anti-American Muppet-loving... <laughs> also, Jim Parsons' cameo was a great casting choice. I laughed so hard. Do you like that, Tim? Do you like Jim Parsons? Oh, if you, wow! You gotta let Tim go, man. I'm mad, at Tim. Well, calm down. I want to talk to Tim. Don't hold. Put let, me in touch with Tim. Okay, I will. I'll send you the. Can email. we call him right now? No, <laughs> I will be buying it on Blu-ray, and uh, and we'll watch it as much as I can. Anyway, just want to get my thoughts on the movie and enjoyed hearing yours. Thanks, guys. No, thank you, Michael, because you really helped cleans cleans the palate. Um, cleanse, cleanse. Cleanse. Uh, here is our good Rick fr- House. Hey, <laughs> how? Um, here's our good friend from uh, the Quiet. Tim? No, Tim? no. Uh, this is our good friend uh, from the Quiet Corner. I don't talk to Tim. Old Dave, D- Derek. This is an awesome email that I'm Look, about to read. Did you read Tim's email? I, you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then 
and I don't understand how you move past it. Because there's nothing, Derek. There's nothing you can do. This with, is like you saying you hate the Dark Knight. I just can't move I, on. I, I never said I hate the Dark Knight. I'm pretty sure you did. Okay. I think we all heard you, Steve. <laughs> Derek, I'm about to read an email to you that you're going to forget all about what Tim had to say. We shall see. Challenge accepted. Because jealousy is going to fill you. He says, hey guys, how are you? I just want to let you know I've been listening to the podcast faithfully and I've enjoyed every one of them. I've been meaning to write to you for a while, but I haven't found the right topic to discuss. At first, I want to talk about... Uh, quote-unquote geek entitlement. You know, the interweb phenomenon where everyone feels free to criticize everything from Green Lantern's costume in the movie. See, Parent- I'm glad he's touching on this. We yeah. all know your problems with the Dark Knight Rises. Parentheses, didn't like it, close parentheses. To the color of Lois Lane's hair in the new Man of Steel movie. Uh, but then I thought you guys have kind of touched on that already. So then I thought of asking you about the run of Superman and DC's New 52. It's only three issues deep. Have you read them? But then something happened in my life that I just had to share with you. I saw Big Bird at my supermarket. Yes, it's true. He walked right by me. Actually, I would have never known he was there if it wasn't for some lady screaming, Hey, Big Bird, Big Bird, hey, Big Bird. It was in the parking lot. (laughs) I didn't see a nine-foot yellow canary walk by, but I heard a woman scream, Hey, Big Bird. Yeah, hold on. Okay. It was in the parking lot, and I was putting my groceries away. I looked up, and I heard all her screaming. When I heard all her screaming. She was way over the top and had totally lost her composure. The look on her husband's face was one of stunned disbelief. I looked around to see what she was going on about, but didn't see anyone. That's until a courtly older gentleman appeared between the, between the cars, pushing his shopping cart. He was well-groomed and had a full head of white hair and a goatee to match. Carol Spinney. Oh, my God. He looked slightly bewildered by the whole scene. Poor dude, he was just trying to get his shopping done. I smiled. I'm sure this wasn't the first time it happened to him. I decided not to say anything to him as he looked like he'd had enough fan adulation for the how, day. How do you not say oh. It was cool, though, and pretty amazing since the new Muppet movie had just come out this past Friday. It's too bad Sesame Street crowd and the Muppet Show crew doesn't travel in the same universe anymore, but we all know they belong together. That's my story. You, it was, you go back to that supermarket and you wait. It was good to hear from Graham in this last episode and tell Derek to protect that golden voice of his. Your friend from the furthest reaches of the quiet corner... Dave. Dave, you go back to that grocery store and you wait. And just for wait. Man, and you just get a wait picture. For him yeah. And get our and get autographs for us. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. That took, that, is, that a is a great, great sighting. Story. You hear that, Tim? Nothing can bring us down. <laughs> and we can build yeah. this dream together. Yeah. Standing strong forever. Nothing's gonna stop us now. I wanna watch Mannequin now. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was on 3D Blu-ray. Uh, Mannequin 2. Electric on the Booga move. Booga. Oh, on the move, yes. Yeah. All right. So, Mannequin 3. Well, that's going to that's gonna wrap it up on uh, on emails for right now. Snippet. No, we no more snippets. Um, Derek, one of the things... Whoopa! <laughs> Whoopa! <laughs> what are you doing? You know, you, you know whoopa! It's no. not whoopa. No, it's... it's, it's that's what I said. <laughs> one of the things, one of the things I want to talk to you about because it, it you haven't watched Super Eight yet. Rub it in. Um, I've not. I've been dying. To. You need to. Um, 
I don't want to again, like I told you before we started recording. I don't want to oversell it to you, but it, it's. Well, a, you know, I have I have my qualms with J.J. Abrams, but there's some things that I just adore. Okay, and, and one of those things that I think was really controversial and a lot of people didn't. I think they felt it was overhyped. Was Cloverfield, and I loved Cloverfield. I really enjoyed Cloverfield. I hadn't watched it in a while, but I enjoyed it. It makes I me sad. I have a friend that calls it the best love story ever. Because who's going to go back for a girl well, in the middle of all that? Yeah, I know. It's so tragic. It is tragic. It's so tragic. But um, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! It's tragic. They die. Yes. Or do they? Brr, brr. Um, it's got a really cool score too. Just the one song. Just the one but... song. Um, <laughs> it uh, it but no, Super Eight really evokes a feeling and and partly because it's based in 1979 it really evokes a feeling of of the movies from the early 80s your et um, well and you had spielberg attached oh sure close encounters of third kind um goonies a little bit not you know goonies is there just because there's an ensemble cast of kids uh but it really gives you this feeling of of that type of movie that when I was a kid, I was, you know, you, it just brought a sense of wonder to you to watch because it's set in a small little town, you know, a small little steel town in West Virginia, and and these kids are just kind of living their lives, and they're so real, you know, the things they talk about, they want to do, you know, and and it's just, it, oh my gosh, it's such a great movie. But one of the things that got me talk, got me thinking about because Steven Spielberg is attached to it, you know, and he was he was very hands on in his role as producer on this movie. Um, one of the things that got me thinking about was just, you know, growing up in the eighties, there were a few filmmakers who just kind of achieved a certain status. Um, you know, that when, if their name was attached to something, it was, it was worthy to go see just because their name was attached to it. You know, Spielberg being one of those, um, to an extent, Lucas, but I mean, you know, after after Star Wars, Lucas... I, I give you Howard the Duck. Yes. <laughs> well, and that was Lucas' film. I, I know he was a producer on that, I'm sure. But the thing is, 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 is even with some of the other stuff he produced, you know, he was a producer on the Indiana Jones movies. He uh, was a producer on Willow. You know, Ron Howard's another name that toward the end of the 80s, you know, really got to be... Um, Willow! Yeah, really, really became, you know, a substantial... <laughs> You are great. You are great. Uh, Ron Howard was is a substantial name toward the end of the 80s, moving into the 90s. In the 90s, you know, filmmaking changed a little bit, and, and you got some other people who, who came about, you know. Um, James Cameron, uh, you know, established himself with Terminator 2 and Aliens, you know, in the 80s. Um, the uh, 90s brought us, you know, movies by Bruckheimer and, and, you know, Michael Bay and their collaborations on some stuff. And it's just like, you know, but now we've moved. But I don't know. Like, I, to me, there hasn't been those legendary names that, you know, people are going to end up putting Spielberg in, in the same category as like a Francis Ford Coppola, you know. And they were kind of contemporaries, not quite. Um Going even further back, you know, your your guys like Cecil B. DeMille, who you made all the big epics. Alfred Hitchcock, you know, who's who's a legend, you know, film, you know, now in filmmaking and that sort of thing. There's a new generation of of filmmakers that have kind of come about, and I think Abrams is part of that. I think that, um, you know, it's surprising me you say you've had, a, you know, have, have have a few qualms with him, but um, I have a few qualms with his 
loyalty to his projects that he jumps ship on um, regularly. Such but as. a lot of those... A lot of those are you thinking of Felicity? You know, he, but a lot of the times you think of it, but now he's really just producing things. He's yeah. not directing. I mean, he produced Cloverfield. He 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 directed Star Trek. He he directed Super 8, did he mm-hmm. not? Yeah, yeah. He was a director on Super 8. Um, but then you just hear all these little, you know, he's he's executive producer on Fringe and Alcatraz and watch Alcatraz, by the way. I was enthralled with that. Oh, wow, really? really? Pilot. Um, it comes on next Sunday or the next. I can't remember. Um, you know, but like he he left Lost like after what season two, three. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he I heard an interview with him where he even said, you know, he sat down, pitched the idea, and then Lindelof and uh, the other guy just took off with it. You know, yeah. and he even he he said this was their show. He said it 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 was the point. No, but it was just kind of like. I mean, there's just this ongoing. He wrote Armageddon. Did not know that. Didn't know that. You know, I was kind of surprised. Mission Impossible wrote, Three. Didn't really care for that. Really, because I enjoyed Mission Impossible Three. Yeah. I really liked it. I liked it a lot more than I liked freaking Mission Impossible Two. They like he directed an episode of Office. <laughs> Which one? Because that's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. It just says the Office. I don't know huh. which episode it was. Um, but I, you know, I you think get down to it, he is not directed. He directed two episodes of Felicity, which mm-hmm. is another show he started and mm-hmm. and jumped ship on. But I never watched it. Two episodes of Lost, jump ship on that. Five episodes of Alias, I jump ship. I don't on like that. you saying jump ship. I mean, I feel like he. I, got, I think he jumped ship. I think it's the thing where he got the ball rolling creatively. I, and, no, I don't think he jumped ship. I want to see something through to the end. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna have my hands in something, performing something, I want to see it through to the end. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he's not like that. Maybe he's like, let's get this thing started and let me hand it off to people who are going to be more passionate about it than I am. Mm, MI3. Which I enjoyed. He directed that. Yeah. He directed an episode of The Office. Mm-hmm. He directed Star Trek. Mm-hmm. He directed an episode of that show on NBC, Undercovers, that didn't even last a right, season. Right. Which proves that his track record is not flawless. Right. That he can fail. Well, I don't he, think. He I mean, directed Super Eight. I think if you go back to any of the great movie, and I'm not talking about just well, no, directors. but I, I, there was this method there for a little while that he everything he he touched was just flourishing. Yeah, yeah. And obviously that's not the case. Well, know? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just I think that what I think what he brings to the table though is a certain sensibility that that resonates with audiences, whether it's, you know, as a producer or as a writer or even as a director, I think he's got a certain sensibility about things that, that kind of resonate with the viewer. Um, he has produced some weird stuff. Yeah. Seriously. And understand I'm not, I'm not, you know, on the JJ Abrams bandwagon, but this is just, you you know, this has kind of got me thinking about Christopher Nolan. No. And that's another one though. That's Christopher Nolan's another one that's come along in the past you know, 10 or 12 years, you know, his first outing uh, was Memento, was it not? No, it was a film called Following. Okay, which is similar um, to Steven didn't... Spielberg's Drive or whatever that one was, <laughs> Overdrive. Um, yeah. You know, but but Nolan brought to the table a whole way of, of telling a story and, and, and putting out a film that you know, just captured audiences' imagination. It's something you have to think about, and it's something that that he's got. It. I think Nolan has a great track record. Of, oh yeah, of, of of films that he's put out. You know, not the the Batman films, notwithstanding, they're they're phenomenal. They're fantastic. 
Um, well, and it's going to be interesting to see where he goes now that this is over with because the films that he's touched, you know, they gave him um, the one with Al Pacino and Robin Williams. The name is escaping me at the moment. The, uh, that duo just blows my mind. How is Robin uh, Williams well, going to be on screen and not doing Al Pacino the whole time? Doing what was that film? No, this was years ago. Oh, it was after that. Memento. It was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was the name of that movie? People are yelling right now. Just yelling at me. I don't know. IMDb it. I am. Vamp. Well, I'm going to go IMDb too. Well, I'm going to beat you. I'm there. And it was called... Yellow. Insomnia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never saw um, that. And that was basically just Warner Brothers saying, here, here's here's a big budget film. Let's see you can do, what you can do with that. Right. With, <clears throat> you know, with, you know, studio budget and everything. Um, it was actually a remake of a film. Mm-hmm. Um, like a Swedish film or something. Yeah, I never got to, I never saw that, but I wanted to. And then, you know, you get the Batman films, and then, and then it was like, hey, you know, here's some extra money. Why don't you go make The Prestige? You've been wanting to do this. Which The Prestige is a great movie. Oh, my God. I love, I love The Prestige. So much. That, somebody asked me a while back what I thought one of the best films of the 21st century so far was that. And I, what was, and I really do feel like it was The Prestige. I think it was just because it was, you know, everything else he's done. I mean, I guess Inception's pretty high concept in, in a way. But, every, but Inception was all him and his brother. Like the Prestige is based on the book. Yeah. Uh, the Insomnia was, uh, you know, a remake. Mm-hmm. Memento was his. Yeah. Uh, the Batman, of course, Batman, you know, been around for years. Right. Bob Kane, all that stuff. But Inception is his brainchild. Right. Right. But, but with, um, but it all seems it all has this grounding in a certain reality, you know. But with with uh, with um, the Prestige. You keep expecting there. You you keep expecting it to be explained in a way that is. I don't know that that makes more sense than something as fantastic as how it was explained. Well, and I think you're going to get into a world of uh, post Dark Knight Rises. I think you're going to see him produce. I think you're going to see him do the Abrams thing and produce a lot more yeah. stuff. Well, he's I mean, just, he's producing I mean, Superman. Well, again, he's just he's he's got a mind. For I think what what resonates with audiences in a certain way, you know, his movies are going to be stuff that people talk about. I think that I think that more than just about anyone else in the past decade or so, that you're going to have Nolan films be things that that, that film students look at, yeah. you know, seriously and say, how did this guy tell this story? What you know, where let's break this thing down and break down the way you know, he's it's almost like he took he took Quentin Tarantino's way of storytelling and and made it a lot more cerebral. Does that make sense? See, and I think Tarantino's gotten overplayed. I think I think Tarantino just has he put all his best ideas out there and you know like I I like Kill Bill mm-hmm. and stuff, but like those those grindhouse movies and all that I just yeah. they're not I mean well, Tarantino has has a certain sensibility that that appeals to a certain audience. You know, I, I think Pulp. It's not for everybody, right? Right. I, I think that he has a certain sensibility based on what he loves, and and Tarantino does such a good job of I love this, and and I think one of the things that Tarantino does better than anybody else is put a soundtrack together on his movies. Um, 
from Reservoir Dogs right on up through even the Grindhouse movies. Uh, his soundtracks are just so good. You know, the, the songs and stuff that he picks to have played and that sort of thing. Um, but see, again, he's another one of those. It's a product of, of like the 90s, almost indie film movement that was around um, in the early to mid 90s. And uh, when there was such a huge, because now the lines are blurred between what is Hollywood and what's really an, an indie film. You know, the, the, the true independent film has kind of gone the way of the dinosaur a little bit. And, um, and, and so we're in a different time of, of filmmaking and movie making. And these names, you know, I'm sorry, you, you hear names like Spielberg, and it's not that Spielberg's not relevant anymore. He does more producing than directing, of course. But it's just like... I did not see War Horse. Pete and me either. Um, but I think people look at Spielberg, and, and, and he is, he's a legend now, you know. Um, he's, he's achieved a certain status. I think that, uh, I won't say that Ron Howard is a legend, but, you know, Ron Howard had a great track record of films that he made, you know, that, that who knew Opie could do, you know, would do that. <laughs> would, would Opie end up, Cunningham. You know, yeah, who knew that he'd end up being this guy that made some incredible, you know, had his hands on some incredible films. Um, John Hughes is, is one of these legends, and, and he didn't do anything. You know, when you look at the his library of films that he did, you know, there's everything from, from comedy to, you know, it's mostly comedy stuff and, and like, teen drama, but it, it they were such touchstone movies. You know, these the, the movies that he made were very, were touchstones of a culture and touchstones of a time of life. You know, The, the Breakfast Club is one I always go back to because even though it's set in the 80s and even though the hair's different and the... You know, the, the architecture's weird and, and all this stuff, you know, to people who didn't grow up in that time, the themes are timeless, you know, and, and the the characters are timeless and and the angst that is there. Well, and the, he wrote so much more stuff than he directed, yeah, too. I mean, yes. He wrote, you know, the vacation movies mm-hmm. and home, he wrote Home Alone. Yeah. Well, he directed the first one, didn't he? Uh, just regular vacation? No, Home Alone. Mm, you may have. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, I think that was John Hughes all the way, wasn't it? Possible. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's it's these it's these filmmakers from in that time, you know, who who are now spoken of with a lot of regard, and I think rightfully so. And I guess my question to you is is who see? I'm gonna I'm gonna do something we don't do on Geek Out Loud real quick. I'm gonna get a little negative. You know, it's what I think M Night Shyamalan wanted to be. You know, Back. I think I think that he fancied himself being as good as these guys in in rather than I don't know, like you take Abrams who who just did Super Eight produced by Steven Spielberg, you know, you watch some of the behind the scenes stuff and you just you get how much this guy everything Steven Spielberg said he hung on every word. You know, he had a certain uh I don't want to use the word reverence, but you know, this this great respect for for Spielberg. Well, you t- you and to the point to the point that he's like, "Let me learn from you while I'm doing this. I don't know it all." And I feel like what what uh what Shalomon did is he had this great movie in The Sixth Sense and he's like, "Oh, I know what I'm doing." And I, you know, I think he got two good ones out of the out of the uh, Well, I think he got three. I, I liked Signs, I liked I like Signs, but it's still a little campy. Yeah. I think the first two well, were what, not that campy. Super big. 8 is signs done super well. 
but everything after science fell apart. Yeah, I agree. I completely There's agree. Some and I really and I really feel like it was because he believed his own hype. You know, I think he got caught up in the trap of, oh, I am the next, you know, Hitchcock. I'm the next uh, Spielberg. I'm the next Lucas. I'm the next, you know, Zemeckis. I'm the next Rob Reiner. What? I'm not Rob Reiner, but you know, uh, even though Rob Reiner put out some great films, how about that mess? You know, um, and and so I just I think that uh, I don't know. I think we're just in a, in a neat time because as many people that are out there making movies, there is this cream that seems to be rising to the top of filmmakers. And so I want to pick your brain and see who you thought was kind of out there that, you know, maybe 10, 15 years down the road will be speaking of and be like, oh my gosh, they're just amazing. I'll tell you who one of my favorites is right now, and it's off the hills of seeing Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, is mm-hmm. David Fincher. Yeah. I mean, you've got Seven, uh, The Social Network, mm-hmm. Fight Club, I th- and I just really he gets a little bit, it gets a little bit more awesome every time he gets behind the camera, mm-hmm. and I really think he's one of those that will be looking at what he's doing for years to come. Um, most of his stuff adaptations of other things, right? A lot of the time, yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, there's, there's nothing, and understand, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not like, well, are you looking for origin, originality? Well, no, no, not necessarily. I'm just, I'm just, you know. Just trying to kind of put in, you know, one, at one time it was Kevin Smith, but I think Kevin Smith lost some steam. I think, well, I think Kevin Smith just had a different idea of what he wanted to be and do than what everyone else wanted. For him. I think he wanted his hands in several different pots. Well, I, I think that he said, I think that Kevin Smith is one of the last people who said, "I have this creative stuff that I want to get out of my system." He did it, and now he's moved on to what he wants to do next. And I applaud the man for but it. But he's still directing movies. He's got one more he's going to do, and that's it. And he's done. All he's doing is this hockey movie mm-hmm. and nothing else. Yep, that's what he says. Okay, you know, and that's the thing. It's like I, I didn't care for Red State. I I totally dug Red State. Red State, really? not a family friendly movie at all. But I completely I was bored. Dug it. Really, because I was just I I was maybe just kinda, it was the overhype and yeah. all this like little media he tried to get going mm-hmm. for it and then you know the sell off and the auction of it. But I just for everything there had been years of build up mm-hmm. before yeah, he ever sure. even started filming yep. where he was trying yeah. to get people to to make this. Well, their, the inter- thing you know Hollywood told him no. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is he kept calling it a horror movie, and it was never a horror movie to me. It was a it was a thriller, a suspense thriller but never a horror movie. And it definitely had, you know, Kevin Smith. You can tell it's Kevin Smith writing the dialogue and stuff. Um, but I think what makes that movie is, is Michael Parks. Um, I just, as Aben Cooper. And I don't know. I just, I dug it. I completely dug it and, and bought into the whole thing. Um, I did not see uh cop out. Cop out was funny. I mean, it, obviously he didn't write, right? But. It was, you know, it was his attempt to direct a Hollywood movie that he hadn't written and everything. And, um, and, and, and I think that, um, and I'm not saying you go know, back to clerks. Don't go back to the well. Cause I like Jersey girl. Nobody, you know, I love that, Jersey. Girl. That's always the joke that everybody hated yeah. Jersey girl. I thought Jersey girl was great. I love Jersey girl. because I think what Jersey girl does is what none of, none of Kevin Smith's other movies do. And that show the guy's heart, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that if and granted a lot of his hardcore fans would give him crap, you know, 
but the dude's the dude's full of heart. You uh, know? See, I think I think uh, Chase and Amy has a lot of heart. Hey, yeah, it does. It does. Um, but, but that's the thing about Kevin Smith is I, I think that dude is just a genuinely nice guy who, you know, just has a lot of. I think he does. I think he's got a lot of heart, and I think you know. I think that most of what he does is is very heartfelt, and he puts a lot of himself into it. And and I think that from that standpoint, you know, you can only do that so long um, before, you know. I think that his, I think that I think of what for him cop out was was let me see if this is something I can continue to do if I'm not writing it. You know, let me see if my heart if, if and and I think that. I applaud the guy for being honest enough to say, you know what, my heart's not in it. I got to find something that I enjoy and love doing, and um, and that's kind of what he said about directing is, you know, I just, I'm done with it, you know. So what's his plan now? I think the the Smodcast Network thing, and doing public appearances, you know, during 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 those appearances. Um, Tyler Perry is going to go down in history as one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. No, I will kill you. I'm not- <laughs> Um, let's i mean i'm not gonna throw around the term talentless hack for anybody right but if i'm going to it's gonna be him well he's got an audience no you know but he does and i'm not part of that audience i cannot stand but uh, i know a lot lot of people people would say peter jackson peter jackson you know what i would have jumped on that if it had not been for king kong not a fan of his king kong <coughs> that's exactly what i was gonna say i did not like king kong i thought king kong was about 45 minutes too long there was a lot King Kong was about an hour and 45 minutes. there was <laughs> yeah there was i think that would have been a much better movie had it been much i don't more think edited. adrian brody and jack black play well off of each other either but well i i, I don't know it, just, I, it was not the I, I, maybe the performance just don't just remake it. You know, we had the one in the seventies with Jeff Daniels. Just don't remake and it. And it just didn't work out. Just don't remake yeah. it. Um, I mean, I was, I'm going to see the Hobbit. I love the Lord oh, of the Rings. Oh yeah. Movies. Oh my gosh, I love um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But yeah, I've always said this since they came out, and everybody's always ridiculed me. Those aren't my Lord of the Rings stories. Oh my gosh! Please don't tell me those animated things are. No, 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 no. But when I grew up, when I was a kid, and I read the books, mm-hmm. I just that's not what I pictured. Yeah. That's his vision. Sure. So, it, you know, it's it's a look at what he saw reading those stories right. growing up. And that's cool. But to me, that's just not... I don't go back and watch those just for the heck of them. Yeah. I can't go back and watch those just for the heck of them. They're so... To me... So it's tedious. Yeah, it's a chore. I don't want to say it's a chore because once I put it in, I'm sucked it's in. It's an effort. It's an effort for me to put the DVD in. Yeah. Um, because Especially I, when you've got the extended ones. Yeah, because I feel like it's going to be an effort to watch, but once I do sit down and start watching, I get sucked right you back get, into well, the world. Yeah, you get into a rhythm, but I just, I'd just i rather sit there and read the book to me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just, like, I had to be convinced I liked them after they first came out because I, Fellowship came out, and I was like, that wasn't what I read, you know, yeah, growing up. That, yeah. That's not the story I read. Yeah. That's his, that's something else <laughs> well see um, I, I didn't i didn't have that reaction to it i did have the reaction to it of man this nothing really happened in this movie did it <laughs> but i Kinda knew like randall says in clerks too right but i knew it, it was walked right i knew it was Here's really the first movie <laughs> <laughs> i knew it was really cool to look at and and i knew there were parts that i that just really resonated with me and when i saw the two towers i'm like okay yes 
I totally see, and that's this. the best one to me. It's the best well, book. See, I love Return of the King. Um, you I know. thought he did the best job with Return of the King yes. of all three yeah. stories. Yeah. And I'm interested to see what he does with The Hobbit, especially now that they've split it up over to two. Mm-hmm. I'm psyched Martin Freeman's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but see, I don't know that Peter Jackson is going to go. Well, I just I'm I'm not saying personally. Are, are we saying personally for us or what people are going to well, go personally back and for say. personally for us? I think. I oh, mean, I think I think the people oh. will speak. We'll get emails where the people and, speak t- on and take Del Toro off that list too. I couldn't tell you one thing that Del Toro's done except for the um, Hellboy Hellboy movies. Yeah, he just did that one with Katie Holmes that looked like crap. The horror movie. Katie Holmes. Who is that? That's the crazy person's wife. Oh, Tom Cruise's wife. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You were mentioned earlier. Let me throw back to something. You were mentioning earlier in the, in the Batman movies. There's been that one actor that you really hate to see. It was her in Batman Begins. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just saying she really. I when I came out of Batman Begins, that was my biggest criticism. Was really? They could have got someone. But that's right. You better run. Do you like her better than Gyllenhaal? I like Gyllenhaal's performance better than I like Katie Holmes. I like Katie Holmes' look better than I like Gyllenhaal's. But now Gyllenhaal's got a walk that won't stop, son. <laughs> well, hello, Mister Gloss. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty do. Anyhow, back back to the back to the uh, discussion. Um, Cameron Crowe. Hmm. Go on. Well, his stories just mean a lot to me. For example, uh, almost famous. Okay. Say anything. Mm-hmm. I have not seen We Bought a Zoo. Right, I hadn't either, but I, I hear it's phenomenal. Uh, I wouldn't say Jerry Maguire is one of my favorite stories of all time, but... Let me tell you something about Jerry Maguire. <laughs> that makes you cry, man, too. Let me tell you something about... You had me. You had hello. me at freaking hello. I know it's become a punchline and everything, but, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you shut up. You had me at hello. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean that Jerry Maguire came became a part of like the cultural conscious. It did conscious, yeah, you know, the consciousness because of all the you know people still say stuff like "Show me the money" and "You complete me," you know. And it, and granted, it's all you know a joke, but still, it, I thought it was great. And that's the only movie I've ever really loved Renee Zellweger in. We can take the Fairly Brothers down now with the Three Stooges film coming out. Um. I mean, what have they done that's been substantial, though? I'm in, I'm in. Since then. Nothing. Exactly. Absolutely nothing. You know, I, I think a lot of their stuff... The Coen brothers. I, I really liked Stuck on You. I never... I didn't... I have, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I don't know why. It's pretty stupid, but I'll... I think, I think the Coen brothers... I think because I like Greg Kinnear so much. Yeah. I like Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon! <laughs> uh, the Coen brothers, I think, are... You feel like they're getting a little uh, uh, over um, exposed. Overexposed? Eh, not overexposed, but like they're getting too hyped over overhyped. I don't know. I'll I'll leave that one alone then. Hmm. I I'm think not... I think yes, we will for, in years from now. We will go back and go. Oh man. There's this movie and there's this movie and there's this movie that you know that they did that yeah. was so you know so great. But I mean, I, I mean, I you know, well, I'll sit here all night long and quote every single line from Big Lebowski. Right, right. But 
But then you've got like, you know, No Country for Old Men. Which I wouldn't compare anything they had done to like the films I grew up watching as a kid that well, Spielberg did. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't compare them to those films because they're different animal, but it's also a different time. Animal. Yeah. <laughs> but but and I think that's one of the things that and again, this this whole thought process for me sprang out of watching Super 8. Um <laughs> And and I think that's one of the things that Super 8 shows is that this is a different time for movies. Like, the movies have come down... But I want that wonderment again that right. we had, like E.T. and Close But Encounter. see, I don't think we'll get that. I think we're too cynical that's as a society. Sad. Yeah, I think we're too cynical as a society. I think that all the magic of movie making is gone. And I think that... Um, that's really sad. And I think that, you know, from the business standpoint... Let's bring it back, Steve. I wish we could. But I mean, well, you think you think about when E.T. came out. I mean, you know, E.T. was the biggest box office hit for ever until what broke its record? Not was it Titanic? Something before that, surely. Well, the thing is, though, is like this: that was at a time when movies had to stay in theaters longer than three weeks to make their money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, Muppets was gone by Christmas. I was disappointed. Yeah, and it's like. And it's like all the money's made, and let's get the next big thing in because the studios—that's how they do things now. And this is not a, you know, and this is not an indictment against the studios. It's just the way business is done nowadays. And and we're well, seeing you've got so many different windows now, fourth, third, and fourth window that didn't exist back then. Yeah. You have airplanes and hotels and and Blu-rays and Netflix and Redbox mm-hmm. that weren't around mm-hmm. in the '80s. And that's the thing. It's like it's a different time. And so I think that for something to capture the imagination of you know the populace is is going to be hard pressed to kind of to kind of That's really up. disappointing though. I mean, did sit back and think about it. Yeah, I mean it, it is. I mean, and, you know, for all the all people make fun of the fourth Indiana Jones movies, I applaud it for giving a little bit back to what we grew up with. Sure. I I mean, I completely agree. I love the fourth Indiana Jones movie though. I think we're I think I liked it even more than you did. And, I loved it. And, I mean, I, I understand everybody thought it was stupid, but I, you know, is is aliens any more ridiculous than a seven hundred year old knight? Right, and that's that's exactly what I said on this very show, Derek. I think I told you that when I walked out of the theater. No, I think I I, 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 I claim trademark on that. Statement. No, you I, call Graham Hancock because he and I were in the theaters, and I and I, I don't he, remember you ever saying that to me, but I yeah, because I, I went through that. each one of them because I said. You know, a a gold box that melts people's faces off. Glow. Well, I understand the Ark of the Covenant, but I, I, I well, I, I do too because I, because of my faith. But if I if I'm someone with no faith, then I, I, it's a ridiculous I, I mean, I concept. I specifically said, are aliens any more ridiculous than seven hundred year old night? Well, that's fine. You might have that statement, but I have the whole concept. In listen, we're not going to get into an argument about it. You hate the Dark Knight. Um, brick house, brick house. <laughs> The other th- the other thing that got me thinking is is Michael Giacchino did the score for Super Eight, and again, this is a whole conversation that springs boards off of me. There's a composer you'll be doing Super Eight for years. This is my this is what I'm saying. Is he the guy right now? Is, is he are the next we, John Williams? I don't I don't want to use that phraseology. I'm scared to say that because to me that's huge. But is this the He's guy? He's definitely the next Jerry Goldsmith. Ah, my Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I really do. I think he's the guy that. The, you know he he is poised for the role. I, I think so. You know that seven or eight years down the road, he's going to be the guy that is 
I mean, I love Zimmer, and I I love uh, you know the the Nolan stuff that he's done mm-hmm. with with Dark Knight and Inception, and and but you know, Mike's just in everything. He's yeah. in Disney. He's in yeah. Warner Brothers. He's in 20th Century Fox, and it's just, those 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 scores that are you were humming right now are mm-hmm. his. Yeah, yeah. When you hum something from Lost, when you hum, you're you're humming him, mm-hmm. and it's he, you know he did Up. Yep. Well, he did. It just, it, it just shows the the spectrum that he has because he can do something so cartoony and just so uplifting and happy, and then he can do something as gut wrenching as that final score from the last episode of Lost. Well, he did. Uh, he did The Incredibles, which is very, um, you know, very kind of jazzy, big bandish. Mm. Uh, well, know, it was sixties spy kind of yeah feel to it, and then he turns around and does. Um, Star Trek, you know, which Star which Trek is just beautiful. It's an, uh, Star Trek is an amazing score. That's the one that I find myself constantly humming. Is, the way he took the original score from the television show mm-hmm. and retooled it, it makes me yep. wish they could do that with the new Superman movie. Yeah, yeah, and not lose this that theme that we're so taken with. Um, he did. Uh, he's done all kinds of. Uh, uh, you know, cartoons, he, Pixar, he's done a lot of Pixar stuff. Um, and, and I don't know, I like, I just, he did the Muppets Wizard of Oz. He did. He really, Apparently so. well, speaking of Muppets, you mentioned Zimmer, you know, here's, here's how I kind of know Zimmer's not necessarily going to be that name that's uttered in hushed whispers down the road. If you go watch Muppets Treasure Island, he composed Muppets Treasure Island. Watch that, listen to the score and then watch uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And li- the second one that he was really had his hands in, and listen to that, uh, <laughs> you may be surprised. Um, he did uh, Super Eight, Star yes. Trek, um, Mission Impossible Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sort of looking forward to John Carter. I am too. It's something that's a book I'm not I've not read. You know that I'm not familiar with. Um, the the concept I really like though. Um, and then, of course, the new Star Trek film. Mm-hmm. Which, have you heard who the villain's going to be? Mm, the, the actor who's playing him? Yeah. Who? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I did see that. You're right. I did see that, now that you mention that. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think, though, I was first, I first was made aware, really aware of Michael Giacchino in, with, with the whole Cloverfield thing. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Roar. As yes, it were, the twelve minute, which is a twelve minute theme that is tacked on at the end during the credits of that movie, and if you don't have it, download it because it's the best ninety nine cents you'll spend today. It really is. It's it's twelve. It's such minutes, a great piece of music. It's twelve solid minutes of music, and it sounds it evokes that nineteen sixties Godzilla feel, but it's very updated. It's really super good. And I mean, I really do. I think that this is the guy. I think that this is the next composer. And, and I think you're right. I think that he's going to be right up there with a Goldsmith, um, maybe even a Williams. And I don't, you know, and I know that a lot of people, I didn't realize this, but in serious music circles, Williams is considered a bit of a ripoff artist. Somewhat, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sad. But, but, uh, but I see what you're saying. I, I've got a question for you mm-hmm. while we're posting on this film type mm-hmm. unless we're, we still have more directors oh, to name. i mean go ahead um 
No, no, please. Oh, I can hold my question till. No, the I don't. I mean, I'm ready to hear your question. And I actually wanted to talk to you about this while I was in Birmingham. I had it on my mind. I saw a girl with a dragon tattoo with a group of friends mm-hmm. who I would call non-nerds. Okay. I consider you and I nerds. Geeks. Geeks. Okay. But non-nerd goes together with the ends. Sure. So I, I say non-nerd. Okay. Um. But we got there early, and I was talking about some you know, guys. I was talking about trailers, and mm-hmm. I said uh, that I was excited to see the Prometheus trailer, mm-hmm. which is another Abrams project. Is it? I thought that was Ridley Scott. I think Abrams... Pred- no, I'm sorry. Lindelof wrote it. That's right, where I'm getting right. that from. <laughs> Six Degrees of J.J. Mm-hmm. Um... um but um, I was getting made fun of for knowing that a that a that there was a trailer premiere for a film. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, why, "Why do you know that? Why do you know it?" And I was like, "It's it's." They're like, "You have to be on websites all day long." Now. And I was like, "Really? It's not that <laughs> way anymore." I said, "It's kind of common knowledge, yeah, yeah it's- in the entertainment industry to." To know when these the the, uh, the Dark Knight Rises trailer is going to premiere before there's a six minute prologue in front of MI4 and all this kind of stuff, and it got to me really thinking as I was being ridiculed, which mm-hmm. I often am, so I'm used to that. Um, it got me really thinking: When did this art of the movie trailer really start? And and here here's my answer to my own question. I'm going to see if you agree with this. Okay. I think the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace is the first trailer I can remember that was like, oh, where as as far as like people went to a movie just to see the trailer. Well, as far as announcements made to like it's going to premiere before this movie mm-hmm. and it's going to hit yeah. on this date and you can go see it here and you can only see it here and it won't be online available until here. So if you want to see it then, you have to go see it then. And the, that it was really common knowledge mm-hmm. that. And it wasn't just going to a movie and, oh, I happened to see this trailer in front of it. Well, see, there was actually a point yeah, to it. And see, when the Phantom Menace teaser came out, I wasn't aware. Do you remember what film it was in front of? Um, I know. I, I remember s- seeing the Attack of the Clones teaser in front of Monsters, Inc. Okay, yeah, I saw that was in front of Monsters, Inc. But there was also there was an Attack of the Clones trailer that was in front of Spy Games with like Robert Redford and someone else. Um, and that's the only reason I went to see that movie. By game, yeah. Um, that Robert Redford and Matt Damon. I know yeah. that. I know. Yeah. See, I didn't. I wasn't as online as much back in that point, and <coughs> I saw the Phantom Menace teaser unexpectedly in front of Enemy of the State with Will Smith and Gene Hackman. Um, but I'm trying to think of what movie, because there was a specific movie that it was initially attached to. And I can't remember, you know, because that wasn't my experience. But there was a movie that when it first came out, it was initially attached to that people would literally line up to see. And then they would leave once the teaser was over. Well, let's see if I can find it. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I That phenomenon, that's only, I mean, honestly, I wasn't really online big time during that because it was, that was 98, you know, um, and everything was still dial up at that point. And I remember like leaving the internet. I remember leaving the internet connection on through the night to download the QuickTime version of the Phantom Menace trailer. Um, 
just to watch it uh, after I'd saw, seen it at Enemy of the State. Um, but I don't... People are... There are Star Wars fans right now screaming at their iPods telling us what it was. Um, I, have, I really have no idea. And actually, the Wikipedia page doesn't... Okay, a teaser trailer. Here we go. Phantom Menace Advertising Campaign Company... Hasbro, Lego, PepsiCo, Star Wars Celebration in Denver, Colorado, on April 30th, 1999. Teaser trailer was pre-released on, sect- on selected screens accompanying A Bug's Life on November 17th, 1998. And there were even reports that people were paying full admission at theaters just to see the trailer. Mm-hmm. The Siege was the other one. Uh, a bootlegged version of the preview was leaked on the internet that same day, and the trailer was released the following morning on the film's official website. Mm-hmm. And the servers became gridlocked soon after, which was not hard to do in 1998. Right. Theatrical trailer caused even more notable media hype because it not only premiered in theaters, but screened at the Show West convention in Las Vegas and was aired on Interna- Entertainment Tonight and Access Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't say anything about a theatrical else about a theatrical trailer and um but really to me that's where this whole thing started yeah with you know and going back to like i can remember the superman returns teaser premiered during an episode of smallville mm-hmm. that it didn't even premiere theatrically right i do it, remember and that it, it it premiered during um solitude season five yeah i remember episode. that night yeah because we were watching it with a group of people, Tucker and I, and it was right before, it was when we were talking about, should we do this whole podcast thing? And we were watching it with a bunch of people who had been watching Smallville with us, but we're not really into, again, non-nerds. And and the trailer ended, and we, you know, Tucker and I were like psyched, because it was the first time, that first footage from the film at all, and it got over with, and everybody was like, I don't understand, I don't, what's the difference between that and what we're watching the last 42 minutes? I don't understand. <laughs> It's like, shut up, all of you! It's the first movie since the nuclear one. It's, it's the quest for peace. Brick house! <laughs> um, but I, I really, it, it, like, I kind of hated it, because I was sitting there thinking the whole time the trailer started, and I, I got nothing out of the trailers and maybe the first ten minutes of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, because I was sitting there thinking, when did this become such a facet of, of geekdom? That we're obsessing over movie teasers or, you know, theatrical teasers and theatrical trailers of when they're going to premiere and what's the running time and, and, and what film are they going to premiere in front of and is it going to be available the same day it comes out in theaters or we're going to have to wait over the weekend to Monday release online. And it's, and it, to me, it just went back to Phantom Menace. Yeah, I don't, I mean, again, I wasn't a part of that whole campaign that, that really, true, you know, did But, that but think about it now. We've got these, like Prometheus premiered, um, which I wasn't psyched about the premiere. I mean, I, I was interested in it because of I'm not gonna. A lot of people get touchy on the whole spoilerish issue with the Prometheus mm-hmm. film, right. so I'm not gonna touch on that on Geek It Live in case somebody doesn't sure. know what Prometheus is. Um, how could you not at this point? Right. But, um, they had like, and I think it was. I think a lot of it had to do with Ridley Scott, and this is his big return to the science fiction genre. Mm-hmm. But Apple had like... Apple. Apple had... <laughs> I love you. Had Countdown <laughs> every day the week of the 
leading up to the Friday release of the trailer. Mm-hmm. And like the Hobbit trailer was a big countdown yeah. release thing. And it's just, it's really become this commonplace thing to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's not like this weird thing. I mean, you and I talk about it and we're like, yep, it comes out Friday or did you see it? Or, you know, we, you and I will text each other links stuff. Right, yeah. I mean, that's why I think Apple's QuickTime page has become this mecca of quick of tra- of film trailers. Yep. I mean, it's yep. it's such a big well, thing it is now. a big deal, and people like review trailers. I mean, like we I, at the outset of the show, you were giving me crap because I said I was underwhelmed by the because um, you hate the Dark Knight. I don't hate the Dark Knight, but I was underwhelmed by the trailer. And it's like people have started to review trailers, and you know because they've become such a big. And I think that's just another thing of how this whole, you know how this whole industry and how this whole thing has changed for people is the wonder is not there because I remember being surprised by return of the Jedi TV spot, you know, um, as a kid. And cause I was just like, Oh my gosh, it's coming. You know, it, it's cause I didn't have, you know, I, I didn't go get the fanzines. I was only freaking six years old. It wasn't like I was, you know, searching out everything I could about Star Wars. I was just like, if it was, if there was a toy or a comic or something, there you go. You know, I was glad to have it. And, and if there was a magazine, I was just kind of like, oh, look at this picture. Look at that picture, you know. Um, but with with everything like that, you know, a lot of times I was just kind of, even on into my college years, you know, when we'd go to the movies, it'd just be like, oh, what's coming up? I hadn't really heard about much of anything. It wasn't until, um, you know, around 2001, 2002, when I really started to discover sites like Ain't It Cool News. Well, and, I'm, then what, it, what would you, be your thought as to what was the pinnacle of this revolution like the starting the starting of it yeah i I mean i really honestly i no, i agree with you i i think it was probably the phantom menace because what else had that kind of hype behind it what else had that kind of anticipation there was there's there has been no other movie that had the anticipation leading into it that that phantom menace had for people because it was star wars again and i'm sorry that teaser is one of the greatest teaser trailers of all time for anything. Regardless of what you think about the movie, regardless of what you think about George Lucas, when you watch the freaking fan, I defy you to go back and watch the Phantom Menace teaser and not get excited for the Phantom Menace. You know, it's that good. It's, you know, the whole every saga has a beginning, you know, or every legend has a beginning. Every saga has a, every journey has a first step. And, and it's just these images of things that seem unfamiliar, and then the Star Wars music kicks in, and it's just boom, 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 fast-paced, you know, Phantom Menace explosion, double lightsaber, oh, my Atlanta. And it's just like, it was just like the first time anyone's seen anything. So, yeah, I de- and I think, you know, and they even said the servers crashed or, you know, were gummed up, which wasn't saying much for 1998, which didn't take a lot to do in 1998. But it was, what other trailers were people looking for online in 1998? You know, oh, but you're making me want to go back and watch that teaser trailer now. <laughs> it's an amazing teaser. It really is. Is this it? Two minutes long? That's no, two it's not two long, minutes long. It? That's not it. Um. <clears throat> oh wait, this is it, isn't it? Didn't it start off with with the Gungans coming forward? Every generation has a legend. Yeah, this is yeah, it. It's two minutes long. I didn't remember that. I don't remember being two minutes. Let me watch this here. And then we're on Tatooine with the ship. Every journey has a first step. Mm-hmm. And then it's a shot of uh, Naboo. Mm-hmm. 
And then it's a shot of the queen. Mm-hmm. Every time it has a beginning. And then pod racing and the music. Mm-hmm. And then the queen and then Jar Jar and then Obi-Wan. Yeah, this is it. Man, yeah. two minutes. That's a substantial teaser. I, I really thought that that was like 30 seconds back in the day. I did too. Well, it moves so fast. It kind of stops dead in the middle here. When Mace Windu starts talking. You refer to the prophecy. Oh, Steve, I got welled up yesterday. Let me, I got to tell you this. All my nephew wanted for Christmas was Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm, right. Everything. Millennium Falcon. So I, I had not gotten to see, with my mom being in the hospital in Birmingham, I had not gotten to see everything he got. Um, so I went over there yesterday, and he's wearing his Star Wars pajamas when I get mm-hmm. over there. And I just, I, I told you back a few, like a month or two ago, he wanted a lightsaber, so I got him, I got him a lightsaber. This was the fir- this was the first Star Wars thing he owned, was this lightsaber mm-hmm. I got him because he, I had lent my sister, the Blu-rays, and he had been wanting to watch. This is all. A, by the way, I, I'm think I'm looking at the Phantom Menace trailer. You're, this isn't the original Phantom Menace trailer teaser. Is it not? Okay. Never mind, I turned it off. It's okay. Um, but the so this was the first thing he ever owned, Star Wars, was this I got him Luke's green lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And um so he just he keeps wanting to know more and more. I'm like, we need to watch the clone war. He's three. Right. But I mean he's really into it. I mean he can tell you just about everything that you know he watches. He he retains all of it. So I was like, Well you need to watch the Clone Wars. And he's 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 he was doing really well with piecing together who Anakin was. Then Anakin became Vader, and Vader was Luke's father, and, and all this stuff. But um, he kept wanting more. So for Christmas, I bought him and his sister, my niece, I bought him a Nintendo Wii, and I gave him the Clone Wars lightsaber mm-hmm. game, um, which he was just been obsessed with. But he wanted me to come over and see all his. He got all these figurines and everything for Christmas. All he wanted was Star Wars stuff. So he got a giant. TIE Fighter and a giant X-Wing and a giant um, Millennium Falcon and all all the little the, he got all the little um, like the Galactic Force figurines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two packs. Mm-hmm. He got all of those and he sits there in the floor. He's like, come come in, come in my room, Uncle Derek. I'm like, okay. And I'm just, I, I, he sits mm-hmm. me down on the floor and he pulls out the Falcon from underneath the bed. He opens up the Falcon and he have, and he starts going through the entire story, Steve. And I'm nice. di- like, I'm sitting there tearing up, and like, I don't care if that's weird to hear or not. But he's and he's doing it accurately. Yeah. And he's like, and this is Padme, and Padme is Luke, and and Leia's mama, and 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 this is Darth Vader, and they they were together at one point, but then he became Vader, and he turned to the dark side of the Force. And he's three, <laughs> Steve, and I'm just sitting there like, oh my god, I freaking love you, kid, and. He, I mean, he was getting really into. I mean, it was just so cool. I mean, to sit here and listen to me talk about it, it's not that interesting, obviously, but it was just so neat. Him yeah. getting so into it, and he's like, and "This is Chewie and Han, and they sit here in the Millennium Falcon, and then they go into the asteroid field." And he's going through all three movies wow. in like twenty minutes. I'm like, "I love you so much, Joseph. <laughs> Thank you. You have made me so happy today." Yeah, that's that's so cool. I, I know of several kids who just, they've fallen in love with it, you know, and through the Clone Wars, through the prequels, and even, you know, and even the original trilogy, they just... He hadn't seen the prequels yet. Really? He has, he has not, um, but he has watched, uh, he has watched uh, the original three, Mm -hmm. and then he has seen a few episodes of the Clone Clone Wars, Wars, because he knows um, who Anakin is and everything. 
the uh, the 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 guy who used to be Moriarty at, on Ain't It Cool News, uh, Drew McWeeny, he writes for a new he writes for a different website now, um, in in a very official capacity. He did a blog where he suggested showing the movies this way, where you show, like if someone's never seen them before, you show them episode four, episode five, and then after you've seen episode five, you go back and do one, two, and three as a flashback and then cap it off with episode six. Well, you got several years in between there. The flashback's going to happen. Right. But I'm saying like, as Quagmire says in the family guy thing, even though we know where Jabba has Han, let's wait about eight years and then go get him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I I'm I'm really anxious to find someone else now in my life who's never seen Star Wars, so I can show them the movies in that order. That let's would be a cool think. order. I, I think I, it's really I had a cool really idea. Cool time with my mom uh, in the hospital on on um, finish that sentence. There you go. <laughs> on New Year, I guess New Year's Day, yeah. Spike showed yeah they did a they did a mini marathon of just the original trilogy right and uh yeah they showed well it it wasn't many because well i guess many in the the sense that they only showed those three Mm -hmm. but they showed them like three times like they showed hope three times and then but um mom had not seen them since they were in theaters oh wow and I watched Empire and Return with her, and it was just it was neat yeah she was like now i remember going to the theater and seeing this with your dad and and you know, and and all, of course I wasn't alive, but it right. was just it was neat to hear her recounting on a few things and and uh, and asking about. She had seen, I think she's seen Phantom Menace and Attack. I don't know if she had seen the last one, but it, it was it was just between that and my nephew that day. It was just really neat to me. Yeah, especially since she gave him so much of this. You know, he she gave him the big Millennium Falcon and all the little galactic figures for for Christmas. That's cool. I had a little, I, I've told this story before. I have some friends over in Baxley that when, uh, back in 05, when Star Wars first came to DVD, uh, we've broken down into stalking Star Wars. By Sorry. The way. By the way, everybody. <laughs> That's my fault. By the way, everybody, we've, we've broken down to Star Wars. He opened the floodgates. Here they come. Um, I had some friends back in 05 when the DVDs first came out. I was in a place where I couldn't afford to go get them. And they knew that. And they'd gone out to eat and they stopped by the house. They stopped by my house that night and, um, they had picked up the DVDs for me and they had a little girl who at the time was four years old and she was big into Disney princesses. But one thing she had done is, um, they had a little nativity scene set up in their house around Christmas the year before. And she, (laughs) she found an old Darth Vader Hallmark ornament that her dad had had or whatever. And she put Darth Vader in the nativity scene. Um, and that was, and she just demanded that it be there. I have no idea why. None of us understand why this day. But when they brought Star Wars, you know, we were just sitting around talking, like, were you going to put it in or what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll put it in. I didn't want to, you know, bother you guys with it or whatever. So I looked at her and I was like, now, Mad Dog, that was my nickname for her, still is Mad Dog. There's a princess in this movie because she was into Disney princesses. And she's like, really? I'm like, yes. And so we put it in, and she sat on the floor and was just mesmerized by the original Star Wars. Um, and when Princess Leia came on the screen, that was all she wrote. She loved it, you know. And so I started getting her those Galactic Heroes figures, and everybody started buying those for her. I mean, she just became a little Star Wars nerd. Well, then they had a younger brother. They had another little baby, a younger brother. And this kid to this day, um, he is, gosh, he's six now. 
he'll call me up. He'll demand that his mom call me, and he'll he'll ask me, okay, so that Jedi that has like the big head, um, that's kind of a long big. What's his name? Kiati Mundy. Yes, that's him. How did he die? Well, he was on that planet. Remember, and they goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's friends with Mace Windu. Yes, he's friend. You know, and I mean, it's like. And so one day this girl calls me up. Her mom's like, Steve Madison wanted to talk to you. And so I go on the phone. I'm like, what's up, Mad Dog? She's like, you have created a monster. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, and she says, my little brother, he won't stop talking about Star Wars. And so I said, Mad Dog, um, who's, whose toys is he playing with right now? And she just kind of paused. She stopped. She's like, they're mine. I was like, exactly. <laughs> And, you know, but it it just amazes me because even around here, there are kids that just absolutely, they get into it and it just kind of sticks with them. It just kind of stays on you. You know, it's like a weird funk that just gets on you and stays there. And, uh, and as, and being an old school Star Wars fan, I absolutely, you know, I love that. And I guess I kind of just wonder, you know I mean? Because we talk about things all the time, you and I, um, like that and and like these things that have just been with us forever and i just kind of look and and maybe it's that i'm a grown-up and you know and i'm just kind of seeing these things and i see well this- I'll, I'll tell you what what it is and I, i'll tie it back in so it's not like we just mm-hmm. branched off in star wars there's not that wonderment yeah. anymore that we were talking about yeah we, we don't have that like w- what we grew up with and I feel sorry for these kids that they don't have that anymore. Then they get to, to experience things like Star Wars, like Joseph sitting there, re, you know, telling me yeah. everything as he played with the figurines in order of the stories mm-hmm. and in perfect scene order with mm-hmm. dialogue and everything. <laughs> but there's nothing new there. Yeah. To me, there's not. Yeah. It it seems like it, it seems like that there's no one who is. If they have any sensibilities, they're trying to reach a certain, I don't know, they're making movies for for the older, more sophisticated things. And kids. Is, it, is it trying to hit too adult a audience? I feel, yes. You know, I, that's the thing is I feel like a lot of the things that are being made nowadays that, that, I don't know. It's like the things that are made for kids seem to really dumb things down for kids anymore, you know. And and I don't feel like they did that when we were kids. I mean, I don't remember the last kids movie that came out that was good. Outside of like Pixar stuff, to be honest with you, I really think Pixar walks a fine line of adult and kid that I wouldn't consider it kid. Well, that's the thing though. It's it's like to me a like a Toy Story three. You know, there are kids who absolutely love Toy Story 3, and though they get a little stressed out when they're all headed down the fire pit, it's like, you know, that's something... I'm sorry, to me, we got Transformers the movie when I was a kid, you know, back in the 80s. And Optimus Prime died, Mr. Coach Klein. You know, (laughs) and before... Roy Orbison. Yeah. (laughs) But before... They ever catch that gorilla that broke out of the zoo gave you that black eye. But before... (laughs) So it's continue. <laughs> but before Optimus Prime died, there was a scene where they were just blowing away people like Ironhide and, and all these other characters that were on this ship. They just Megatron just comes in and kills them. And it's like, this was a kid's movie. You know? This is something they said, yeah, kids can handle this. It's a little, you know, it's a little gritty, but but kids can handle it. If you watch some of the cartoons that we had, and I'm not trying to, and again, I know this is one of those things like, well, I remember when I was a boy. 
Um, it is one of those things. Well, it is one of those things, but but I really feel like there's a legitimate, there's a little bit of legitimate legitimacy to what I'm saying. As you watch some of these older cartoons, though, sometimes the stories are cheesy and the the animation's not that great. It feels like I don't know. It feels like they didn't dumb it down too much for the kid audience. You know, that they're like, kids can handle this. But nowadays, I feel like everyone's so scared of scarring a child with something. You know, I, you'd never see a Transformers movie made for kids, mind you, where the main character dies. It just wouldn't those, happen. Those Transformers movies now are not for kids. And I'm sorry, they're not childlike and, wonderment. And that and that makes me sad, though, that they're not. You know, it, it makes me sad that this, that this was brought back and it was tried... And that, and that Michael Bay tried to appeal to an adult audience that loved these things as kids. Well, is the thing, the play is the thing here. Is it not that you can't go back and reintroduce these things for for kids? I mean, that haven't been that have already been done. I mean, can you really redo Transformers? I mean, is it that there's no new ideas? Is it that all we can, all I, we can do at this point is? I think, I mean, I think that's, I think that's the thing. I think that that's kind of the point we're at, and I, and I think that has to do more with the studio system. I, there has to be people out there with fresh ideas, you know. That if if they're not fresh, or at least in, rather than just being a rehashing of something, it's well, you know what I watched this and I was really inspired by this. And I guess, and again, I come back to it comes from me watching Super Eight. You can definitely tell that that the 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 people who were involved in this movie were inspired by. They're never ripping off. They're never directly, blatantly trying to recreate a Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But it was an homage. It was definitely an homage. Yeah. But it, but it's an homage that says we were inspired by this and we wanted to tell one more really good story like this. And I, I thought Cloverfield was an homage. I, Clo- well, Cloverfield was definitely. I think Cloverfield was like the 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 stepping out and and trying to revive a genre almost. <laughs> you know, yeah. trying to revive that big monster genre and. And I think it would. I think it's done successfully. I'd love if there's a sequel. I'd love for it to not be shot from a from a handheld camera point of view. You know, I think, always, I think the thing with the sequel there was they said if they always did one, it would just be from somebody else's point of view of yeah. that same night. I don't think that would be working for me. You know, I'd, you know, I'm as much as I enjoyed that, and I really, well, I guess Blair Witch really started this. I'm yeah. sort of tired of this whole found footage, found footage stuff. Yeah, me too. Because while it was original for a while, although I say that, and there is a superhero one coming out that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> um, but you know, even even that though, it's like I, the paranormal activities that are turning into like the Saw franchise, mm-hmm. one a year, yeah. and it's it was a cool little niche there for a bit. Yeah, but I kind of feel like it's run its course. Well, and I feel like I feel like Cloverfield was a gutsy way to try to use that. That type on a of, big budget level, yeah, to try to use uh, that. of all the found footage things, I think Cloverfield was the biggest, highest budget mm-hmm. one. And I and I'm and I'm anxious to see this superhero one because I think that's a neat concept. Have you seen the trailer movie, for it? I haven't. It it looks. It's one that I finally said, oh, okay, this might actually be interesting. Yeah. Well, I um, think it. I think it is. I think it is because. The only other, I mean, you got Cloverfield with the found footage, but every other found footage thing ends up being like a horror movie kind of thing. And yes, it is. I can't think of anything that. And the whole idea behind the found footage is that it makes it that much more scary that it's there out is, there. There is another one coming out that I saw a trailer for in front of something the other day that is, um, it's a party movie. 
<laughs> Cloverfield. Like, like these kids throw a senior, like a yeah. big party, and it totally gets out of hand. Mm-hmm. And it's all found footage of how everything goes wrong throughout the course of the night. Is it, it a looked, comedy okay. or like a? Drama? Um, it was a. Li- it was kind of weird how yeah. they it it kind of like almost turned into not really a thriller, but it yeah. was like thriller. It was almost more like a disaster movie. Yeah. Well, and thing. see, and that's and that's the thing. It's like the studios are in a place where like this, you know, the studios have evolved so much over the years, you know, from being like almost mobster gangster type family things back in the, you know, thirties, forties and fifties to now being these, and you've got to make money. I understand that, but it's like, you've got people running these things like, Oh, this worked. Well, let's do something like this. And rather than being a breeding ground for creativity, they're a breeding ground for, you know, regurgitation of what they feel like. Wow, is there are a lot of found footage. Movies. <laughs> the power of Google at your fingertips. Yeah. But, um, Jeez. but you know, I think, I, I think that's one of the things that going back to what we were talking about, Nolan, I think that's one of the things that makes him so unique and stand out as a filmmaker, you know, currently is that just about anything you see by him is going to be original or, his fingerprints on it are going to be unique enough that it is a movie going experience that is that is quite the unique you know um i i don't i don't feel like you know he films everything in the same way i don't feel like you know i feel like what he does he lets the project kind of guide what you know some of the decisions he makes with things and does that make sense what i'm trying to say there yeah i'm following you um and you know, I don't know. I just, I, I'm just left wondering, you know, in 10 or 15 years, if we're still doing geek out loud, you know, what would be, who would be the great directors from the past we're talking about? The other thing I wonder about is, you know, we've had the, we've had the resurgence of like eighties nostalgia. We've had the transformers movie come out that there's a new GI Joe that's going to be coming out. Um, yeah, what's up with uh, that's a whole different story. Yeah, don't get me started. I saw on the that. trailer for it last week for the first time. Mm-hmm. Where, where's Quaid? Uh, he's dead, Mr. Cobra. Where's Cobra? They're, they're taking Did over the freaking the government. No, he didn't. They're taking over the freaking government. Didn't you see the Cobra flags drop where's from the Cobra White House? Com- I saw that, but where's Cobra Commander? They're busted. It'll be there. They busted him out. Where's Gordon Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Gordon Joseph? I'm glad you have a hard time saying his name, too. I don't. I was just oh, making fun of you. Well, um, forget you, Derek. Mr. Coach Klein. I hate Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> um, and who's Bruce Willis playing? Oh, Bruce Willis is playing the original G.I. Joe. He is G.I. Joe. Who's Rock playing? The Rock. He's... Um, I can't not. I, I got a bad feeling about this, Mr. Coach Klein. I, I think I think it's going to be pretty good. As 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 much as the first one was like the '80s movie of the year, mm-hmm. I think this I, is. I, gonna, I just wasn't getting a, a huge feel out of this yeah. one. I, mean, I, the, I don't the, know. The ninjas on the mountain were kind of losing it for me. Well, I mean, I think it's just got. I think the thing is, it's like I don't know that the people who are behind that really get GI Joe. Let me just say that like that. I, I will say that if there's one childlike wonderment film that has come out in the last several years um, that has just made me feel all like in awe and, and, and like I was when I was a kid in the theater, it is The Expendables. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, just for the people that are on screen together. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which definitely. will only be more so with the release of the second. Oh film. my gosh! Yes, <laughs> including Chuck Norris. Including Chuck group. Norris. Yes. Um, but the, I'm you know, just kidding. But no. I'm also left to wonder with like that kind of stuff coming out that are like throwbacks to the '80s, A Team, you know, all this other stuff. Are we going to see in the next ten years like uh, an Animaniacs movie? You know, a Freakazoid the movie. Um, you know, are you going to see? Uh, are we going to see a resurgence? Even though the the show's still going on, are you going to see a resurgence of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? I hope nothing that is out today is so embedded into our children that it's. I'm talking becomes, about stuff from the '90s. Well, even still, like I, there's nothing today that I think is actually good enough to make a comeback. What about? But I'm talking about from the '90s. I don't think Freakazoid or Animaniacs had long-lasting impressions. Those enough. are just my like, two. Well, look, they did the Chipmunks movies the way they, you know, they. But Chipmunks have been around since the '60s. They, I mean, there have been like nine different series. I understand this, but I'm just multiple saying. Smurfs. The Smurfs have been around. Garfield. Garfield's been around. Right, but I'm saying Garfield's like, been a running comic. But I'm I saying all you have. But think about when these things got big. You know, in all you have are those three seasons of the Animaniacs, right? That's it. Mm -hmm. With it, within fifteen years of the Chipmunks coming out, you had like nine seasons of the show and all this product placement and all these records, and I don't think they're comparable. Okay, well, is there anything from the nineties that had that much Pokemon? Yeah, I think Pokemon will come back. Uh -huh. I never have understood that because I think that's the stupidest thing ever. Well, and then I go back to Power Rangers then. Power Rangers is still around, though. It is still around. But Isn't that's what it? I'm saying. Isn't there still a There's Power still Ranger some kind series? of Power Rangers or something, but it's not like the original Mighty Morphin it's Power like Rangers. like the 30th season of that show? Yes. It's ridiculous. Sorry, Logan. I know. So we have nothing to look forward to. I, hopefully, we'll get some originality back in Hollywood in the next 10 or 15 years. Or maybe there'll be some good books, per, you know, written for people. I mean, I don't really see a Freakazoid live-action film taking place. Uh, you know what? I think we need to write it. Written. <laughs> Already done. Geek Out Loud the movie presents it, Freakazoid the movie. written by Phil Seavers. What was my name? Sean Phillips. Sean Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> And Gleave Slauson. I'm um, I'm interested. I don't know if the point I'm trying to make really came across to the listening audience, but I'm interested to see what people think. Did I ruin it? No, 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 no. It was me, wasn't it? No, no. You completely, dude. You jumped on there with David Fincher. You jumped on there with some. We didn't mention Zack Snyder, which I think is very telling of where we put him. I, but he's not one of my favorites. Well, and that's fine. Uh, do you think he's... And he's definitely not one I'm going to talk about right. in the future. <laughs> I don't like his movies. I, that's fine. I, you know, I never saw Sucker Punch. I didn't either. But I it looked to me like more like of the same. And that's, and that's, you know, if we wanted to get really serious, that's kind of why I'm a little nervous about Man of Steel. <sighs> You know, but I want to be positive. I do too, and that's why I didn't really talk about it much. I want to be so so positive. We didn't mention Whedon. Oh well, there are so many reasons for that. Well, Steve. yeah, because we don't want the hate. Everything mail. he touches falls to ash. We don't want hate mail. Um, Everything he touches falls apart. <laughs> I'm worried for the Avengers. Um, who's gonna die? 
the Avengers, who will die? In the first scene. Yes. <laughs> Just so you'll know, no one's safe. Although I did really love that comic strip that came out. I didn't about see. that. Did you see that? Mm-mm. It was him in a meeting with Marvel, and it was the first draft oh, yes. of the Avengers yes. script. He's like, all right, I'm going to kill off Steve Rogers in the first scene. They're like, you can't do that. He's like, I'm Joss Whedon. I can kill off somebody in the first script if I want to. <laughs> yes, I did see that. You know, but there are a lot of people who will who will say him. And two TVs become in the past, you know, really five or six years, TV has become as much of a an entity as movies. You know, I mean, as far as just like appointment television is back in a way it's never really been. I think that, um, yeah, what I don't even think you can say back. I think it's just there. Yeah. It's never, it's never been what it is now. Right. And, and so I think that you've got some creators and, and writers but and directors. It, it's that, appointment television is weird with things like a DVR. True. Like it is appointment television. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, but I mean, I think there's, I think that there's, and what I, I guess what I'm saying is, is with TV, you've got two ends of the spectrum to me. You've got reality TV, and then you've got creative people working on creative shows, you know, uh, for the most part. And you still have your duds in there. Um, but I, I think that, uh, I, I think the things that stick that are, you know, scripted television, the things that really stick for, for the most part, you know, are, are things that should stick. And, and they produce, I think, creators and filmmakers that you know their names become synonymous with quality and and i don't know what i'm trying to say but hopefully you do i'm following you yeah so i'm interested to hear what people have to say i know i'm I'm hoping we'll get some feedback back on this because to be honest with i just want to be honest with everyone real quick um the mailbag's been really thin lately and that hurts yes and the thing that drives this show is not me talking as much as it is you, the listener, talking to us. So we need you guys to, to get So we're going to have a dance party. We are going to ha- not tonight, but we are going to have a dance party at some point. Um, so uh, Steve's going to have a dance party because that's Steve's thing. Yes. <laughs> I won't touch that. Everybody dance. Because um, everything I touch ruins. Rap for me, Steve. Um, oh, that's me. That's you, okay. yeah. Rap for me, Steve. Yeah, dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a brick house. House. Um, so anyhow, uh, email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. The Twitter is twitter.com forward slash geekoutloud. And email us positive things, Tim. Yeah, gosh, you got to lay off, man. I thought we'd gotten away from that. I'm mad at him. I can't, because you can't be mad at stuff like that. You want to help the person. Right. Right, you feel that's like him. an alcoholic. You cannot be mad at him. You just want to help him. In the words, in the words of of Mr. T from Rocky Three, hate him? No, I don't hate him, but I pity the fool. Um, nothing. I, I mean, I know it. Okay, I pity the fool. Was I supposed to like? Get I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I was just hoping maybe you'd come back with something from Mr. T. Oh, Mr. T. There was a Mr. T cartoon in the 80s, by the way, on Saturday mornings. Yeah, there was a Chuck Norris one, too. Yes, there was. And the Karate Commando, spelled with a K. They'll, they'll come back with that. So maybe there's That'll not that much greatness out of it. Go, Mighty Orbots. Uh, they were... 
there, okay, that's I'm starting to spring off on a whole other set of conversations. Email us, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Get in the touch with us on the Twitter. snorkels are coming back to theater? The, not snorkels, just the snorks. We're on Facebook. The snorks are coming I never watched. <laughs> we're on shirt tails. Uh, we're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash geekoutloud. We'd love to hear from Maybe you. Maybe we should write mask. Oh, my gosh. Mobile Armored Strike Command spelled with a K. We should write mask. Mask working over. You know what? Okay, fine. Let's talk something right now. Go, Tom. Yes. I have made no bones about the fact that but I... you hate Dark Knight Rises. Not only that, but that I enjoyed... <laughs> Rick House. <laughs> that I enjoyed the Transformers movies. Okay. All three of them I enjoyed. I enjoyed the first one. I enjoyed the second one, and I enjoyed the third one. That would right? be the three you're referring to. That would be to, the yes. three that I'm referring to. Thank you. Um, but I want to call Major Mega Foul on Michael Mega Bay. Mega Foul! On Michael Which ba- Transformer is that? <laughs> Mega Foul. <laughs> on Michael Bay and Company for not... Not even like having it play on the radio. Not even having Bumblebee use it to communicate at some point for not using the touch in those movies. Because I am sorry, sir. There is there, and I and I thought about this while I was singing the freaking mask song just then. There was some good music to come out of the eighties out of some of those cartoons that should at least have throwbacks in the movies that you make, so that people like me feel like. That was for me. You know, that was for the people who grew up on this stuff, who 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 got it for Christmas, who paid money, that kept this stuff alive all these years. And to just kind of like shove it in the face of the fans that we don't care about your crap. Here's Peter Cullen, which was thank you so much for that. You know, but I don't know. Did it, I dream that he made a new version of it? No, you didn't. He film? did. He did make a new but version. It, but it didn't get anywhere. No, because, I mean, you know, how can you... He just went off on his own. It's like when they tried to make Code Red Mountain Dew, Derek. Just ain't no sense in messing with perfection. But Code Red Mountain Dew is still around, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You got the power! It's in a dorm room somewhere, sir. Yeah! Um, (laughs) Some of you people are drinking it right now. That's right. Some of you are hyped up on Code Red Mountain Dew listening to this podcast. Going around screaming, Brooke House! (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, Derek, that that wraps up for me. Anything from you? He hates the Dark Knight Rises. Mm -hmm. Anyhow. Well, guys, uh, until next time... I let that joke run its course, didn't I? Yes. No more. Yes. Um, We we just don't... (sighs) Something's missing, Steve. (sighs) Something's missing. Maybe we should try to track her down, Derek. You think it's time? I don't. I don't know. It's been, I just don't know. I don't know how she's. Gonna, it's been. We didn't. We didn't end on good terms. Well, she wasn't happy about the whole show ending. She, you know, took her. Wins. Yeah, she definitely ain't gonna be happy about the commission check she got out of it. I mean, well, the residuals. I mean, it, it should have been out a year ago. It was only. But I mean, she wasn't even in it. I know. I know. But we had to pay. I mean, her name. We had to pay. Well, yeah, we did show her. I mean, we we didn't put her in the credits, and she nearly sued. We had to go back and thank her. Go the back credits. and make sure she knew. Yeah. No, it's maybe it's time to track her down. 
I'm not going to be in the same room with her. I can't. I mean, do you think she's still like down in California? Do you think? Let's work on it. Let's I put mean, some failures out there. I, I don't make any promises, but something, something's missing. There's some magic. Maybe we're like the Hollywood studios, dude. We can't get it together. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Oh, the movies yeah. without the magic. I well, got you. Then I do know what it means. I'm glad okay. I said Brick that. house. House. Um, All right. Well, everyone, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Steve. I'm... I forgot his name. <laughs> then use your own name for once. I'm... I'm William Derrick Ross. <laughs> Sean Phillips. <laughs> reporting live for Geek Out Loud TV. We'll see you guys next time on Geek Out Loud. We take you live now to reporter Sean Phillips in the field. Sean? Oh, my God. It's a massacre. This woman won the Price is Right Showcase Showdown, and she's just shooting up everybody out here. What What is she using to shoot people with? Last report we had was T-shirt gun. Is this true? I was going to say T-shirt <laughs> potato gun. No lie. <laughs> oh, my God. Get out of my head. You man. can't break character, sir. <laughs> you did. I wasn't expecting that. Get out of my head, woman. <laughs>